Hello and welcome to a very special episode of the Liverpool Way podcast. The Lorettes have just lifted the League Cup for a record-extending 10th time after a header from skipper Virgil van Dijk deep into extra time gave the Reds a 1-0 win over Chelsea after a typical back-and-forth tussle at Wembley. However, it was the remarkable contribution of the squad's youngest and least experienced members that will see this final triumph rank alongside the feats achieved by this squad and those that came before. I'm Chris Smith and for this one I'm joined by... Dave's daughter Adriana, Paul's son Harry, and Jules's cat Tinker. <laughs> Actually, it's Dave, Paul, and Jules, uh, and who knows who else might show up during this one. Uh, the lads have been enjoying the fruits of the success, so uh, strap yourselves in. <laughs> Dave, uh, what have we just witnessed there? Can you begin to put this into context yet? Sort of, uh, well, where are we now? Just like an hour after the game. First of all, we've just witnessed you get it on the first take for maybe the first time all season. That was like <laughs> seriously impressive. That was impressive. That really was. Um, yeah, I don't even know where to start. It's just incredible. Like just the the biggest roller coaster ever, wasn't it? Like, I mean, I I don't know about you, but like all day, like before the game, I just had this like massive fucking dark cloud over me. You I, were in full shadows mode today, man. I know I was. God fucking hell. Probably the other way, yeah. But to be fair, before kickoff, Went the full I, got back on, I got back on board before kickoff. But yeah, I was, and it was. I think I just put too much emphasis on like the the players that weren't going to be there. I mean, it was Darwin, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it wasn't just Darwin. It was Darwin and Mo really, and and to some extent Dom, because I did have like a little inkling, like because and you know what, this is Pep Linders' fault because he didn't like. He just sort of left it out there that, like, yeah, we're day to day, we're going to have a look at them. He didn't rule Dom out, whereas I'd already ruled him out. I just thought, yeah, he's not going to play. And then he said that, and I thought, oh, okay. And then I just found it difficult to, you know, after last week when Darwin was a precaution, Mo just had a little bit of cramp coming back from injury, and I thought, yeah, they'll be fine for the final. And then the longer the week went, and they, went, they missed the Luton games, like, okay, yeah, maybe you're just keeping them out of that because we've got a final. And then for them, to, neither of them to be in the final, it just really knocked the wind out my sails. Because Wembley's such a big pitch, and I feel like pace is like really important as well. And I just thought we'd have tore them apart if we had them playing. Mo coming off the bench, Darwin starting and give us an, an hour or whatever. So them two not being there, it was just I, I was really like worrying about that. And and then I started thinking other stupid stuff like, well, they've lost five finals in a row. That's going to come to an end at some point. We battered them the other week, and we've seen what happens sometimes. Like when you batter a team, and then you play them like in the cup, and you know, so all of these like things just seem to be going against us. And I had I just convinced myself like this is this is not going to go well. We're going to lose. Mm-hmm. And then what got me back on board was like just before kickoff, it was just a look on Virgil's face. He just had this little smirk. <laughs> He just had this smirk. He was just looking at the other players and he just had this smirk. And I'm like, you know what? And and I said this in the chat, didn't I? I said, Virgil's yeah. got me back on board. He he just looks like, yeah, I've got this. And lo and behold, he fucking did, didn't he? I mean, he's... Yeah, he that was, there's there's so many heroes today. Don't get me wrong. There's so many heroes and we'll, we'll get to all of that. But for your captain to just take the team on his back and go because it let's not forget he'd already done it once before and had it chalked off for him to go and do that when he did it's it was just like look i'm winning this game for us i've got this because defensively he was brilliant as well but mm. it's just that like that's what you want from your leader and your captain he was, he's mm. the great players 
deliver in those situations. Like whatever sport you want to talk about, like the the true greats, they come through in those moments. And he's a defender. It's not his job to be like winning cup finals with goals, but you know he'd already done it. It got disallowed, and he's like, okay, I'm just gonna go and do it again. And I just think like that that was um, a final for the ages. People can say oh, it's only the Carabao Cup, whatever. But I think I haven't seen Klopp's interview, but I think he said. That was his his, his favourite final or his, his greatest final. He or something said, like that. Yeah. Uh, "It's easily the most special final, yeah. uh, most special trophy I've ever won. It's an overwhelming feeling." I totally understand why that yeah. would be because yeah. so much was against us, and the team that we ended the match with, I mean, even the team we started the match. You look at who was missing it. It's ridiculous the amount of players who weren't there who would have been playing. But then you've also got the issue where you're taking off other players from like your starting eleven and you're just mm. replacing them with teenagers. Yeah. It's like, yeah. okay, here's one teenager. Yeah, here's another one coming on. And then you're in the we game. Five, and, like, five on the pitch at the end of the game. It's crazy. And and like I mean some of them have been around the team all season and pre season. Jaden Dans hadn't even been on the bench before Wednesday night. You he completed like ninety minutes. Five minutes at, at the end of the, the, yeah. the game the other night, and then more trophies than Harry Kane. He's kind of he's coming on in a final. <laughs> I still don't think he's completed ninety minutes even even this week, has he? he no, 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 no. Did you see? I think it, that's a a wonderful person to pick out of all. I mean, I I thought like Clark and McConnell were amazing, but Jules, you were just looking at Dan's at the end of the game, and he's just walking around with his like hand on his head, and he's just like, "What the fuck." Yeah. just happened like imagine that it's incredible like we ended the game as I said with five teenagers on the pitch maybe two two maybe three players who get in our starting lineup, and to go and do what we just did against the billions and billions that that fucking tin pot club has spent like it's just defies belief really and they were shite well well <clears throat> let's start it off in the right way let's start it off with a Ric Flair woo <laughs> that was a 1992 Royal Rumble. Victory it was, player, you know. That. It was like perfect. Slow, and Heenan in the, the back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and do you know what? You know when you're Chelsea and you're getting called out by Gary Neville on commentary as being called yeah. billion pound blue bottle jobs. Like that's, you know, <clears throat> Sky have to keep damning. an even hand up to a point. When... When when your when your most prominent co-commentator is calling you that, that's like the ultimate slap across the face. But yeah, you know, you think about <laughs> we all put ourselves in the in the position of where we were when we were nineteen, eighteen. You know what I mean? Like you're talking about Jaden Dans there, <clears throat> and you sort of think, where was I when I was eighteen and nineteen? And not to bring the pod down immediately, but let's be honest, <laughs> there was a lot of video games. And a lot of masturbation and a lot of football. There wasn't a lot else going so not, on So there. not much has changed then? Yeah. <laughs> not much has changed, no, there hasn't. I was recuperating from my knee injury at, the, at that time, I think. Ah, oh, right, yeah. <laughs> Dealing with the end of a promising career. <laughs> Kenny yeah. Dalglish Sr. from Phoenix Knights over there. But, um, you know, that, you know, all jokes aside, that's kind of what your teen years were, right? And, you, you know... When you when I was a teenager, I remember going down like the local sports centre, and, and Wales were um, having tryouts or training for their for their youth groups. And Bobby Gould, the absolute bell end, was the Wales manager at the time, and he was there. And we were having like, having a kick about inside the pitch, and go like, "Oh fucking hell, Bobby Gould, quick, put a cross in. Maybe he'll like look at me and like go, oh, he's all right, him." <laughs> and these lads are actually doing it, and not only are they doing it, they're doing it like at Wembley in a cup final. 
it's an, it's, Jules, it's so hot. hold on a sec. You had you had, you effectively had trials for Wales. So why are we no. fucking talking about Dave's football career all the time? Like, you actually got <laughs> way closer than Dave did. Bobby Gould came Bobby... to watch you play. Well, no, he walked pa- he walked past us as we were playing on the side of the pitch as he was going to the pitch. But I take your point. I still came closer than Dave. You're right. I did. Yeah, there you go. That is true. <laughs> it's only Wales, and they were shit. Well. <laughs> You know, it's not like Wales you couldn't play when they got good. They were shit. Oh, then. you're on dangerous All right. turf here, Dave. I still don't think Dave would have got a game for Wales even when we were shit. And we were shit then. We lost to late Orient and Bobby Gould fucking brought himself on in a friendly once. <laughs> I mean, it was a terrible time to be a Welsh football fan. I'm not right, going to lie to you. We are getting <laughs> off track. It's not like us, so, boys. Um, so let so let's let's bring it back. A teenager. It's hard to comprehend, like because we're all we're all quite old now, and we we sort of remember being a teenager, but we don't really remember how it feels to be a teenager and that, like the immaturity. We've all got the benefit of hindsight now, and wisdom with age. Maybe not Dave, but the wisdom with age. <laughs> We've all got that, and it is hard to remember, like how much of a not a dickhead, but like you know, teenagers. Like the in between is captured beautifully, like what like teen lads can be like. But the maturity that all of them show today coming on playing uh, against a much more experienced Chelsea team, uh, it's mind-blowing. It's incredible. It is. It, I, I don't want to... like. You're right when you say like it's only the Carabao Cup final, it's the League Cup, or whatever. You can, you can push it down, you can dismiss it as much as you want. But for my money, that's like up there with one of the greatest achievements the club can have. Because even like... You know, the closest you can compare it to in sort of not underdog status, but like against the old status is like Istanbul. Mm. But they were quality players on that pitch at that time. By the end, by injury time, we're taking it to Chelsea and we've subbed Andy Robertson, we've subbed Ibrahim Kanate. We're playing with like, and, and like Davis, Gakko. yeah, well, like, yeah, McAllister, like Davis said in the past, like, Quance is basically a first team player now, but roll it back. Six months. Mm. You're not saying that. No. Nope. You're not saying Quance is a first team player. Roll it back right? eight so, months. No one's heard of him, Jules. Ex- yeah. Even better. Yeah. Roll it back to the summit. No one like Quance. Isn't that something like some religious festival for some like for India or something like you know I I, I don't know what it is. It's not. It's not it's a so player. cosmopolitan, aren't we? Oh, thank you very it's much. So cultured. Um. But so you know, <clears throat> th- this is this is. To take these players from the academy, and like I know the academy have been like making noises that this group of players coming through is like one of the best group. You know, I think you it's know, all behind like, these though, Jules. I don't think it's yeah, specifically some, these. Well, that, that I mean, like, I think Dan's and Kumas maybe. In there's a that. couple of fifteen-year-olds apparently. Yeah, fifteen-year-olds. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ, fifteen-year-old. Um, <laughs> I was wondering how I could get pocket money, let alone fucking playing for football. <laughs> um, so. Come, to, on, come to your point here, Jules. Yeah. So, look at that Chelsea team. And I, 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 you made a fairly, you know, it was a flippant comment, but it was actually quite a pressing comment in, in one of our chats where you said, like, Chelsea just seemed to bring on the same player over and over again. The money Chelsea have spent, what have they got for that? Like, what have they gained from that? Is that a team? Big Is that dead. a culture? Is that mm-hmm. when you're bringing them on? Oh, they, they like they act. They visibly when they became the favourites in injury time, and they did because as 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 we had to bring first teamers off, internationals off, and bring on the kids. 
whatever they want, you know, they knew they were becoming the favourites. The onus was on them to attack, to take the game to us. And for for them to have that amount of money spent on that team, to have those players coming on, all right, they're all a bunch of same heads, but they all, you know, and still to to not to shrink in the spotlight and for these teenagers to sort of grow in that spotlight you know it's up there it's it's not istanbul nothing is istanbul but in terms of like will i remember this i'll remember this more than any other any league cup final i in my lifetime it's Mm -hmm. absolutely incredible and i can see why Klopp was beaming he was like a kid at the end going up for the trophy talking about the game uh, I'd love the interview with Sky where he had a heart attack when, when the interviewer said the game's on Tuesday. He's like, what? No, way! hang on a second. It's Wednesday, isn't it? You know, clutching his chest like um, like 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 he's, you know, photo having a heart attack. It's absolutely incredible. It'll These these are the best moments, right? I was talking, I, I was talking with, with, with Shaney, with my partner, uh, before the, you know, at the end of the game, I'm like, you are, sometimes she asks me, like, why do I bother, like, driving the distances, doing the games? This is why, because these moments, you, it's impossible to put up, when you're so invested in the team, in the club, in the players, in these young lads coming through, it's impossible to put a price on it. It's just a feeling that you can't really sum up that well. It is just like, you're proud even though you've had no part in their development, you're you're buzzing because we've won a trophy. It's just, it's the best feeling in the world. It's just incredible. And how they must be feeling now after this, you know, forget about it. Like I say, it was, you know, teen, teen years were video games, football and masturbation. I'm sure there'll be a lot of that going on today, but there'll also be a lot more. Else. It's incredible. Well, absolutely incredible. That, that's a that's a great point that you made, um, Jules, and it, it brings me on to what I wanted to say to Paul. Is that I don't want to get like too f- philosophical here, but I'm but I'm going to. Like you look at those scenes at the end with the beloved outgoing manager, like arm in arm and hugging the the kids, so he's nurturing along to to continue what he started uh, after he leaves. It like it made like Jules said, emotional, happy, sad, proud. A myriad of emotions, but this remarkable club continues to tell just the best stories. And what I take from this is that even when Jurgen has left us, it leaves me full of hope that the club will continue to tell these stories for us. Like there is, there is life, and it's reflected in the remarkable performance and maturity, and the moment that those those young lads gave us today. Yeah, I, I, I am going to come to that point, Chris. But just before we get there, I just want to say... Get in! Get in, Reds! Get the fuck in! Fucking brilliant! He's had to wait 15 minutes. Absolutely fucking brilliant. Boys, what a fucking afternoon. What a game. What a performance. I tell you what, I've worked fucking hard to rehabilitate you this morning, Dave, or this afternoon. That group chat was a fucking tart fest. Jesus Christ (laughs) almighty. When you were going on about you and John, John of all people, John is the most honest to God. I I think John's perspective on footy is very, very, uh, he's focused, he doesn't get carried away, he's measured, he's knowledgeable, he's wise. And John's going on all fucking law of averages. There's me Googling law of averages and posting things in the group chat to say it's absolute spurious bollocks. There's no such fucking thing. And then I was going on on about Jaden Dans because I knew it would get in your head, Dave. To say he's he's the lad who can who can turn it for us, and and 
thank fuck Cold you pulled Vince it round Lombardi by getting in Dave's head <laughs> Jesus Christ almighty I tell you what listen in terms of today Chris I am coming back to your point eventually but you'll have to just bear with me a sec mate right. sorry yep, 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 yep. Um, th- that is peak Jürgen Klopp today absolutely mm. un-fucking believable so brave so fucking brave and yet he doesn't see it as brave and I think that's why it carries so much weight with all those players who play for him because they're not reading an ounce of doubt from him when he puts them in. Those boys, and they are boys, some of them, they're not men. Those boys are reading absolute 100% belief in them. And yeah, if the, if the wheels had come off today and it had backfired, he'd have taken it all on his shoulders and said, you know, a little bit of circumstance and the rest is on me. And he'd play the lads again on Wednesday. But no, as ever, it pays off. That, that second half of extra time, even though I think in some ways we were on top in top in that second half. It's the tensest final I think I've watched us in since Istanbul. It just felt so fucking tense because I wanted it so much. Yeah. And maybe that sounds like ridiculous. You know, we're all that, reds. We, sorry, we Paul, all is, that, is that because sorry, Paul, is that because of like of the, the age of the players, like the sort of the personnel it's be, on the it's, field? It's be, yeah, because yeah, how is because, it different to twenty twenty two? We've been on. We've been in all of these. We've been in all of these mm. finals, but the, the stakes are so high, and the and the odds yeah. are so against us. You know, with that okay. injury list and with all these kids playing, it just like it. It just felt. I want it to. It's for these. I want it for these lads. You know, I got myself. I got myself all worked up about Jaden Dans yesterday because I watched the compilation of him from the the academy. <laughs> Fuck me, he's going to be some sort of player. I tell you what. Um, and, and I just yeah, I feel so excited about the direction that we're going. <laughs> You know, when it, the other thing when you think about these kids is, you know, I my RL is eight, RL is nineteen, or Harry's twenty two. Half of those lads who played today are younger than my children, which is absolutely fucking mental. You know, listening to um, Connor Bradley and uh, and Bobby uh, Bobby Clark talking at the end, and what really really nice lads as well, like Great measured and respectful mm. and appreciative of what they've got. You know, any mum or dad would be delighted if the son or daughter brought either of them home because they're just absolute quality kids. And, you, and I, that is relevant to what you see on the pitch. You know what I mean? That, that's, that sense of maturity that they have and decency. You know, that's, they, they embody the club's values. You know, look if at, I think look about at Harvey Elliott, Paul, as well. Absolutely, like, he, that picture like a, of him he, with he's all the like others. Why the old pro today? You know, did like, you see the shot of him with Kenny? Oh, fucking yeah. hell! I think it was only bettered by Jurgen with Kenny at the end. Just absolutely mm, fucking I love it. I haven't seen that yet. I've seen absolutely fucking love did it. Did you see Harvey the other night with the <clears> steward? Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I saw that in lifetime. Her a hug. I saw that at the game. That sums Harvey Elliott. Yeah, amazing. Listen, let me come back to Chris's point. Hang on, let me come back to Chris's point. So, you know, in terms of where this leaves us. Um, I, I, final thing I just want to say at this point is we're an emotional club and we've got an emotional manager but fucking hell, I wouldn't have it any other fucking way and look what he's leaving behind yeah someone whoever comes in is not going to be Jurgen Klopp they couldn't be I wouldn't even want them to be but what they I, 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 well it's going to be shabby and I don't think this should become the shabby show this is about Jurgen and about what the team have done today but I think any, any manager in the world in the world would be delighted to inherit what's being left behind here and you know anyone who's worth the salt um, in in football management, any sort of man coming into that job is not going to be intimidated. They're going to be inspired by what's being left behind. That was fucking inspirational today. It was incredible. What a fucking legacy leaves behind. If he does nothing else this season, that was peak Jurgen today. So brave, so mm. proud, so excited to see what's happening at the club. That's a that's a really good point though in terms of like. 
I think winning this cup is important because, he, like you say, even if we do nothing else, there's going to be a parade around the city at the end of the season. Now it's whatever happens from this point on, it will be with a trophy, you know? And um, Dave, I just want to come back to you because you and Jules set me straight in our in our little group chat. Like when we made the subs with four or five minutes to go of the original 90, I was kind of like... You panicked a little bit. I did. I, and I, and yeah. I, I said to you guys that like, I think this might be us like maybe saying, okay, we live to fight another day. We've got mm. some big games coming up. Uh, we have to protect, you know, Gak, was it, who was it? Gakpo, Robbo McAllister. and uh, McAllister that came off. And you guys set me straight and said that we needed the legs. But then that comes right back to Paul's point about how much faith that Jürgen had in these young kids to go out and do themselves proud and do the club proud and do him proud and the belief that he's instilled in them. And they, you know, it was far from making, far from waving the white flag. It was like, go on, lads, go on and win us this game. And they fucking did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the substitutions... Like, I didn't have any issue with that whatsoever because Chelsea had started to get on top and it was it was purely about legs. Yeah. Because I felt like that entire game, we were on top and the only spell where we weren't was after Gravenberg went off. And it wasn't mm. just the case of, okay, Gravenberg's gone off and a sub's come on. We had to change four positions when that happened. So you got Bradley goes to play right wing. McAllister switches over sides. Um, goes over to the left and then Harvey has to come back from the right wing into midfield and then you've got Joe Gomez coming on at right back so it's like four different players in that position to, in the positions than we had when Gravenberg was on and it disrupted us because for about 10 minutes after that we'd lost our way because up until that point I felt like we were well in control we were playing really well we looked like the more likely team and then that set us back and it took us a little while to, to just get used to it again everyone like just settling into the new role that they were playing and then I thought we were fine again and it was only when our legs started to go a little bit like because we played in midweek and Chelsea didn't so that's another factor which mm-hmm. that see that was something else that was worrying me before the game it was like well the longer it goes the more the advantages with them as it turns out they looked fucked in extra time and and we were like we, I thought we swarmed all Dave, over them was that fucked or scared well, that's yeah, an interesting... Good, good distinction. Yeah, I, What a fucking pussy that fucking manager is, by the way. Like, if he had half <laughs> the yeah. he would have fucking... I'm assuming that it was they were leggy and they were just playing on the counter-attack. Because how are you... Against kids, though. Yeah, I know. And, but that's why I'm assuming that, because it makes no sense that you would be that much of a shit house. Was that the, kid, was the like players that? themselves, though, do you think? Do you think the players just shit it and it wasn't... No, that wasn't what he'd, he'd asked them to do? It looked to me like they, they, sat, they, they were sitting deep and just trying to play on the break. With They brought, like, the... I mean, is there any difference between Mudrick and, and Madueki, whatever? They, they are, like, just essentially the same player. Shallow hair. Like, it's, like, all the same. It's got a lot of same shit player, I think that Madueki's got a little bit more, like, guile than Mudrick. Mudrick just runs fast and, and runs into fucking blind alleys. But that was all they were looking to do, was just counter-attack. Because um, And that was the surprising thing, was how getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, but extra time we just completely bossed it and they were a threat on counter-attacks that was it and that it's staggering that like we looked like the last 10 minutes of, of the 90 it's like okay our legs have gone a bit here chelsea were the more likely to score at that point and then 
that's why going into extra time, you're thinking, oh, we could be in trouble. And we bossed it in extra time. Fully deserved mm. like that that we got the winner before penalties. But mm-hmm. making the substitutions when he did, I think he had to do it just purely because players were knackered. Like McAllister, you could see there was gaps in the midfield. He'd started to get like... 20 minutes odd, wasn't it, Dave? Yeah, I mean, I thought before he... Before he, he came off, he looked he looked like he was running through mud. Yeah, he, but and, and he... he can look a little bit like that at times. He, you know, <laughs> the longer the game goes, he's not someone who often plays ninety minutes. You know, he does get subbed quite a bit, doesn't he? So that made sense. Robbo's just back from injury. You're not going to have Robbo playing 120 minutes, and why would you when you've got Costa so you can bring on? So it made sense, and I and I thought Gakpo was like really disappointing, really unlucky with the header. I thought that was a great header. Other than that, I thought he was disappointing, and I was calling for Jaden Dance to be brought on for him. So more than happy with the substitutions when they were made. I felt like it was needed just to give us legs. But you do worry that okay, you've got kids now up against experienced players. It's not like Chelsea have got like the team that they had before with like quality and experience everywhere. But you know their players are more in the twenty-two, twenty-three age bracket, aren't they? And they've cost a lot of money, and we're bringing in like academy kids who've barely played games so they did have more experience I mean the average age apparently like they, they were talking about our age was like down to 24 or something but you've got Virgil and Endo like distorting yeah. that to some extent yeah. Chelsea didn't have that you know Chelsea just had like a whole team of like 22, 23 year olds whatever what about Ben Chilwell yeah, yeah well what a balanced fucking hell he's fucking an absolute what a wreck Giving exactly. it the fucking biggins to children. Yeah. Absolute fucking arsehole. Yeah. Looks like yeah. a double glazing salesman. <laughs> yeah. That Chelsea fucking haircut has been pissing me off for years. Yeah. I used to have to look at... Did you see that thing in Extra Time as well where he spat at Bobby Clark? No, I didn't he was giving, He was fucking mouthing off at him. We had a throw in. Yeah. And he was mouthing off at Bobby Clark and like spat in his general direction. Like, what a fucking epitome of Chelsea that prick is. And I just want to say something about... Them, right? And what we this go. is about us. So, so fuck them. Like, you Chris, could just have a drink raise, first. <laughs> you, you can raise that club to the fucking ground and it's like the several-headed beast that grows fucking back. They would find a way. You could raise that club to the ground. You could restart it in Sunday League football in, like, the fucking... You could start it in a fucking under-eights league, right? And that club would find a way to be the most abhorrent disgusting, despicable piece of shit walking this fucking earth. Like, fuck them. Fuck their Bell and Tory national anthem singing fans. Fuck that fat cunt LA Dodgers fucking owner. You see the fucking puss on him, by the way, when they were collecting Tremendous. their fucking Made losers the game. medals. Made the, the coup de grace at the end, surely. S- Bowley space smartest guys in the room, apparently. Bomb, smartest fat, guys in the room. Millionaire piece of shit. Like, <laughs> honest to God, like, they would... Whatever you would, whatever you could do to Chelsea, they would find a way. And I include Man City in this. I include Man United in this. I include any of our rivals down the year. They would be, they would find a way to be the most irredeemable pieces of shit walking the fucking earth. And I'm fucking glad. Three in a row. Suck our dicks. Sorry. <laughs> no. I'm, you know. You know what? I'm standing up here, Chris. But, you know, like. <laughs> Bully at the end, having to watch us go and collect it. That's like that is literally the cherry on the top. Yeah. Like you think you're that fucking smart. Like you think that you've seen a loophole in football that the rest of football hasn't seen. You think you're that clever. You're not that clever. And 
Um, <clears throat> the value of Chelsea's team, we go like you know the Neville billion, the blue billion dollar, billion dollar <laughs> bottle jobs. Easy, easy, what right. percent of those beers, Jules? Right. Let me just get an ad in. <laughs> Tiny Rebel, if you want to sponsor us, we love your beers. We fucking we are do. Drinking. Actually, that's true. <laughs> we are, we are even drinking. Dave will drink a Tiny Rebel. Yeah. yeah, Dave, even just Dave will drink it. One. Just not the Stay Puff, but he will <laughs> He will drink a Kutch. Your your Hadouken, 6.2%, is a beautiful, beautiful uh, tipple after a uh, a uh, League Cup win. So well Come done. Come on, TR, you know it makes sense. Yeah, you know, this is this is where it's at. Um, but, you know, like we talk about, Neil talked about the billion, ball, uh, billion dollar bottle <laughs> job. <laughs> I get it's six point two percent. What do you want from me? You know, do you know how hard it is to pull off a Hadouken on a, a Mega Drive or Super Nintendo pad? It's not easy. You've got to cur- it's curving the bloody pad yeah. like it's a D pad. It's not an analog pad. It's not easy. But that value of that team is only because Chelsea think they're fucking smarter than everybody else. Like yeah, true. You know, like we're all older and we don't watch as much football. We that's self-confessed. We don't watch as much football as we used to. Like in my twenties, I'd watch a lot of La Liga, that kind of stuff. I don't watch it no more. And yet they bring on all these players. I'm like, who the fuck's that guy? Oh, he costs thirty million, fifty million. Like, okay, I don't know who that person is. Just because that squad cost a billion dollars doesn't mean it's worth a billion dollars. Yeah, and that squad point. is not worth a billion dollars. Nowhere near. And I'm not going to go into some stupid, like, sort of, uh, I'm not going to name names, but, like, sort of poetry about Liverpool, the, the academy, the kids, that kind of stuff. But, like, the worth of a player is only determined by what someone else pays for it. Just because Chelsea are stupid enough to pay too much for players doesn't mean that squad's worth a billion. And it doesn't mean that just because we've brought, Liverpool have brought players through the academy, that they're worth nothing. They're not worth nothing. They're clearly not worth nothing. So, I think that... We look at Chelsea's squad, we're looking at the value of it, the, the, what they paid for it versus what the actual value of it is. Because I think the actual value is way below what they've actually paid. And today has proved whatever that squad is, the value of, of it is way below a billion, a billion pounds, a billion dollars. Because I couldn't pick out... Like even someone like Enzo Fernandez, who's a World Cup winner, apart from that weird back heel he did... Um, in the second half, or was it extra time? It doesn't matter. Apart from that, you know, I don't, th- I don't think any of these players were standout players in the way in the yeah, past dude. the old Chelsea knobheads of Drogba or um, Lampard stood out. Absolutely. So, Endo over stand- Endo. Mm. Endo over Caicedo. Hundred million pound difference between the two. I just, just want to say on Endo, just to bring it down a little bit. There is a picture of him leaving Wembley yeah. in crutches and a walking boot. I mean, he was an absolute superhero. Warrior, hero fucking warrior, phen- phenomenal player. Sadio but again, like you can, but you can pluck a thirty-one-year-old from the Bundesliga for whatever we paid for him. Was it thirteen million? Sixteen, I think. Sixteen. I'm splitting hairs. Negligible in modern football. So you're bringing yeah. that player in and he's playing 120 minutes and being an absolute demon for you. He's incredible. And yet, exactly. And yet Chelsea... And quality as well, there. not just effort. Mm. Yeah, no, the quality was there. 
You can subscribe to the Liverpool Way podcast on all the major platforms, whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon or Podbean. Just search for the Liverpool Way, leave us a review and hit subscribe to automatically receive all new episodes. You can also head to liverpoolway.co.uk and grab a TLW season ticket for just £3 a month. There's tons of exclusive content, including match reports from every Liverpool game, weekly Premier League roundups, the TLW diary and access to the members only forum. Lastly, you can follow us on social media at the Liverpool Way on Twitter and at the Liverpool Way TLW on Instagram and Facebook. Do you see that bit that, I mean, just to typify his performance, all of the tackles that he won and everything, like the way he, he was almost Fabinho-esque in the way that he anticipated what Chelsea were going to do and just cut out their pass and got us back on the front foot. But there was mm. just a moment of like sheer quality. I think it was early in the second half where he took the ball down, he turned yeah. Conor Gallagher, I think he was, and played the ball, played this incredible pass out to Luis Diaz. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, he's yeah. He's a yeah. fucking good footballer as well. Like for all of his defensive attributes, for all of his warrior mentality and strength like what a signing he's been and like incredible fair play to him for just like i mean i i won't always say proving us all wrong but i think uh, some of us he's, maybe question he's proven one ambition. person wrong uh, he's proven one, one person wrong and that's uh <laughs> that's racist yeah yeah it didn't didn't come out well i'm not gonna lie to you again tiny rebel hadouken 6.2 percent we, we we we're not faulting you um, but he's proven he's proven Dave's uh, Al wrong because he's been absolutely on the. Uh, I mean, Al needs a full mea culpa now, doesn't he? After today, yeah, he does. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, good luck with he that. He needs the full Jerry Orbach at the end of Dirty Dancing. When I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. He needs to he needs to come clean. Al, you're definitely just listening a... to this, or you will be tomorrow. Make sure we get it. It's it's owed now. Orlando, <laughs> a big apology. But but just to bring my my bit to the end. Just because, again, just because Chelsea cost a billion dollars doesn't mean you are a billion dollars and you've proved today you're not a billion dollars. And that club is, as Chris said, like you could burn it down, you could start it from the lower leagues, the, the, yeah. the, the, ch- uh, the children's, whatever. It's just rotten to the core. It has been for a long, long time. Um, and it's still rotten now. Like, you know, the price of everything the, and the value of nothing, I think, Chelsea. Well, that's VAR as well, isn't it? So we'll come to that. But like... Absolutely, that's exactly Chelsea. Just because you can spend the money doesn't mean you know how to use it. Mm-hmm. So, Dave, the rest um, of my I mean, beer. that seems like a good um, point to come to some of the major incidents. Really, what, like, what did you make of the the goal that we had chalked off? Oh, it's a tricky one, that because I think by the letter of the law, they've if they if they hadn't disallowed that, they would have got slagged off for not disallowing it because we have seen goals disallowed for that this season. I think the issue there, more so than the actual officials themselves, don't get me wrong, Chris Kavanagh was fucking appalling today. Is he not your boy your anymore? Boy. He's not my boy anymore, no. I, I, I did try to distance <laughs> myself on, before this because... Go on, Dave. I could on, see ref the, ref the Ref the occasion, not the match, right? Yeah, yeah, it's exactly what he did. Like He was letting shit go in the first half because he didn't want to be handing out early yellow cards. So mm. he let them get away with murder. And then... He books Connor Bradley. What what was Connor Bradley booked for, really? It was that classic shit house referee move where when two players are like in a little bit of a confrontation, both get booked regardless of whether one of them's doing something and the other one. Dean isn't. said that, didn't he, in commentary? It, it's it, I hate it. Dean and, fucked and up in commentary. Dean was a fucking joke. Well, he shit. fucked up because Bollocks he said on Caicedo, he said he slipped up and said two bad tackles, and he went uh, two tackles. Yeah, mm. that's right. You know they're bad tackles, and at least one of them should have been a booking minimum. 
and you've just fucked so up by saying two bad tackles. And well, he got away with, with the one on Conor Bradley as well. And mm, then yeah. Yeah. he ends up getting a yellow card, which, well, he may not have reacted the way he had it done if he was on a yellow card. We don't know that. But again, not booking him when you did allowed him to react like that. And then Conor Bradley gets booked for basically just walking away from a confrontation. He doesn't do anything. And there's a still photo of Chilwell's fucking hand right in Bradley's face. Yeah. And Bradley's yeah. hands are by his side. You know, so I, I think Chris Kavanagh. To be fair, Neville called that, right? Neville called that in commentary, said like the Chilwell's just deliberately doing a trend rail mm. Bradley. And he also said Bradley had done nothing. So you, yeah. you're, getting yeah. a, you're getting a yellow card because referees, and it's not just Chris Kavanagh, all referees do this, and it, it always winds me up. Mm-hmm. They just book both players. So you've got a situation there where players have been just running around committing fouls and nothing's happening, and then you've got two players booked for basically, okay, you, you can book Chilwell. I wouldn't have even booked him for that, to be honest. I, I, I wouldn't book players for those little coming-togethers when like they're in each other's face, unless they actually do something... That's like you think, okay, that's crossed the line. But they always booked him for that, and yet Caicedo fucking breaks Gravenberg's ankle, basically. And that's nothing. I mean, what did he say it was? Ligaments. Yeah, because you see how how much it bent back. It was, was, you could see that. You're like, he's fucked. How many times in the league this year have we seen red cards for that tackle, that exact tackle? He didn't even give a free kick or or a yellow card. He played an advantage when there wasn't one. And do you know what does my head in? On commentary, Neville's going on about we can hear the VAR talking about it. There was a whole conversation that went on. I mean, how long was play stopped for? Five minutes, who, maybe? Who was the VAR? Was, was three. It, I don't know. Sucks with Tim Lovejoy as a sister. But there's a, there's a whole fucking conversation <laughs> going on where the referee's saying, what happened, what happened? There's this whole For a few minutes debate, as well, Paul. Which is, he, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is fucking irrelevant because it doesn't change the, the, the ultimate decision on the pitch. He was still really asking him like a few minutes later. Yeah. And he said, like, Chris Kavanagh's asking what happened. What's, what's going it's just on? It's a fucking busy cunt charter and it's ridiculous. absolutely pointless. VAR. Can I just. So, VAR. I, let's, not get, let's not get bogged down the referee and VAR because they were both bad to do. But VAR seems to be become a, a tool to. How can we rule out goals wherever they exist? On minor how can we rule out Yeah. And how can we rule out spontaneity and fun yeah. where wherever they exist? Now, I never want, you know, again, we all, none of us wanted VAR on this. And no one in this room wanted VAR. But the idea was that you would, we're looking at like, let's go all the way back to Sterling when he played for us, getting ruled out, uh, getting ruled offside at City. That's what we thought VAR would do. Would like say, no, play on, we'll check it. No, that's a goal, fine, carry on. Mm-hmm. That's what we thought VAR would be. We didn't think it would be basically what Chris Kamara used to be on goals on Sunday, which would, which was like, a, you know, Chris Kamara, fair, you know, he's a nice fella and all that. But he'd sit on goals on Sunday and go, here's a goal. How can the defence have done better? This is defensive error. Everything was a defensive error. Everything was a problem. Everything was a mistake. And VAR basically now exists to go, that's a goal. Hang on, let me look for something that I can find to rule that out. Yeah. That isn't the case. The goal's been ruled a goal on, on the field. You're just looking for, can I? is there anything major to rule anything out? Major. Like, um, like mm-hmm. someone is t- two yards offside. Yeah. It's, what happens to significance and That's what I'm saying, though, Jules. Yeah. Like, that, no, no, I agree with you. I, I am agreeing with you, it's Dave. The, it's I'm the not... process and the whole concept of, of VAR. Mm-hmm. That's the yeah, that's yeah. the problem. That goal no, getting disallowed. Arguing with the fact that it's yeah. not the officials. They, it's yeah, not exactly. they're not to blame for that goal getting disallowed. They're doing what no, they've they, been told they, they to gave do. it. But what they've yeah. 
what they've been told to do is fucking shit. That's the problem. All this, like, looking for tiny little minor faults and that. And As I said, it's, it's a, a busy it's a charter. That's what it, it really is. Football is an entertainment business, right? Apart from being a sports and entertainment business. And what, what VAR is now currently doing is it's, it's weighting the, the emphasis on attack versus defence way too much in the defence's favour. It's like, is there a fraction of colour a little bit offside? That's offside. Yeah. It's like, come on, just go with the on-field decision. Like, yeah. how are you making? Like, how are we making this difficult? I don't understand that we're making this difficult. In the in the sort of like, if you look at the rule book and you were to be leafing through, you know, you know licking a finger and leafing through the the rule book and going, okay, so Endo is slightly offside. He slightly runs into a player, and that well, he doesn't run may... into anyone. He stands still, doesn't he? Yes, well, again, it's like not a foul, again, is it? So. No, Keith because it's been on Twitter. And space, said that, that yeah. What did he say? Space, space is free on, on a football yeah. pitch or something to that effect. You but, can't. But, but he's offside. Just, That's why he's disallowed. Just by the same token, I think that we, like, I think there's a consensus that if you're gonna a- apply like laws to the nth degree, then you know, I think if if that goal had been scored against us, I would have wanted it chalked off for that reason because of. As player in an offside position affects the play as a result of that. Yeah. Chilwell as well, marking Virgil and not what's his name, Colwell. Yeah, yeah, fat prick he is. By the way, I'm glad we avoided him because <laughs> Quanta is better than him. By the way, okay, hang on a minute. Fucking... <laughs> He's just Colwell fat. You're I, you're like the kid who sat next to me at the match the other night and he was calling like the linesman <laughs> and Ross Barkley fat. <laughs> Colwell fat. No, but... Jesus, no, Christ. I'm like Homer just backing through the hedge, you know. <laughs> the, the point I was getting to there before I launched into that unnecessary tirade was the never the fact that, like I actually like most goals these days I don't really actually celebrate like, but I celebrated that one. Yeah, sure. I did. I did. Yeah. I thought yeah, there's, I there's nothing they can do with that, and then even the one, even the one that we did score like a little later on, you know, with Virgie's header, like you. Even though you, you know that one's legit, you don't celebrate no, I gave that, that the one beans. either because yeah, no, you I just think, that. well, they find something with that. Maybe they'll find someone with this. Someone Maybe holding at the back of the box. Yeah. Or, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you Do just, you know what? Like, let's, you're on your guard let's... constantly, even when it's yeah. like a corner delivered by one player, a player gets ahead of his marker and he heads it into the corner. Like They just robbed so much joy from the game. And really, the only true joy you get moving forward these days Paul is when like the game's fucking over and you know that you've won it like yeah, absolutely it's weird man that sense of relief absolutely and, and I think um, just coming back to Jules's point about how you know it's what VAR is, has done is you know it's, it basically it sucks all the joy out of the game and it seems to be looking for opportunities to deny the attack it favours defence it's looking for reasons to, to say no to goals why are they not recognising that all the great changes in our lifetime as football fans in terms of the laws, they've been few and far between, but every time one of them, maybe one of them, yeah, one of them definitely preceded our lifetime, but every time they made significant law changes, they've always been about emphasising uh, the uh, winning and attacking and going for it. So, you know, three points for a win instead of two points for a win. Back pass law, um, you know uh, the the offside law. Do you remember? Do you remember when it used to be daylight? When that used to be the rule? I mean, what was wrong with that? Mm. I don't. What was wrong with that? I mean, that's that. Surely that's better. That's far better than uh, VAR for me. And interfering you know, with play. Inter- all of those. The, they, well. Everything they look at. Whenever they make a significant change or a tweak, it's about making the game more attacking, more exciting. 
you know, when, and it's about reducing the, I mean, think about how, do you remember like maybe, th- you know, 30, 25, 30 years ago, there were so many boring draws and shit dull games and alehouse football. Football now is full of teams that attack constantly. You know, do you remember that? You know, you always used to see teams when they were, when they were, you know, one goal up towards the end of a game, they try and kill it. That doesn't happen very often these days either. Teams will still go for it. Teams don't sit on games. Teams don't don't play for draws. Teams don't look for the negativity. They go. Football has become this really attacking, entertaining, high quality, world class sport. And the the irony of VAR, which is supposedly to improve it, is that as Jules has said, it's completely negated the thrill. Mm. I mean, what? It's insanity. It's you've got the you've got the most compelling sporting competition in the world. And then you want to you want to take away the very thing that makes it so compelling that it's so emotional yeah. in the moment. It's just mm. insane. It's who has allowed these busy fucking final. bastards to yeah. do this to our game? It's like fucking yeah. letting traffic wardens take over it Ferrari, is. isn't it? It fucking is. Pricks. It's a cup final. It's a goal on a cup final. Like when it's nil nil and you you, you get a goal after you know it's a great tight fucking game. header as well. And then brilliant header. You've got to, like that moment. And then it's gone, just on like yeah. a, a ridiculous technicality. That's the problem, and and it is a ridiculous technicality. Yeah, it is like even though technically, technicality. I feel like they had to make the decision that they did because the 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 following the guidelines or rules, laws, whatever you want to call it, what's set out to them is like in that situation, this is what you've got to give. So I don't feel like they had any real choice. It's it's the process rather than the people in this situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now there's a lot of other stuff which is down to the people. As I say, you know, like the, it's still, it's, I don't know what Klopp, did he say much afterwards about the ref? I know he said something about he wasn't up to the level of the game, he was, but did he elaborate? He was, um, he was effusive about everything and then the interviewer asked him about that and he sort of like, I don't want really to go into it, but he basically said the, the referee was not at the level of the game. Yeah, it's what he, it's it's what what he you said, said though. He was refereeing the occasion where he'd had he it was, in his head, yeah. I'm not going to give yellow cards early on yeah, and put myself he, in a spot. Was, because um, who was it? Was it um, Clattenburg that said like when it came to sort of big occasions, you would try and you would like think this is the occasion, so I won't. I'll, I'll try not to send people off or something, uh, something along those lines. So so Kavanaugh was basically thinking this is a cup final. I don't want to be the story, and I'm not booking people early because it might lead to problems later on. Then I'll be accused of being the problem. But the issue is when you've got a player being carried off. On a stretcher because of a of a of a tackle that you haven't even booked, then you've lost all perspective. It doesn't matter if it's the the League Cup final, the Champions League final, or it's like um, the Vanarama National North. It doesn't matter. You're meant to refer to the rules as much yeah. as possible. Do you know what though, Jules? Do I, I I don't mind that point about if the referee is thinking I don't want to spoil the final, and a sending off does spoil the final for in many ways. Well, for us, but, if it had been Chelsea. But <laughs> if he was if he was seeing things and early on he was thinking, you know, it's the first five minutes, first ten minutes, I don't want to be waving yellow cards and getting caught up. At least go and speak to the player, hand out some warnings, just saying, listen, you're going in too hard. If I see one well, more of them, never got booked, did he? No. Well, why doesn't that happen? No. Why don't referees get in players get in players' ears? Why doesn't he call the captain over and say, "Tell this dickhead to wind his neck in," or he's getting booked? Yeah. You know, you don't yeah. see that. Manage the game. Use your voice. Right. 
You know, use your character, use your personality, use your relationships with the players. You know, the good, good leadership like that, because he is supposed to be the person who's leading the game in that sense, is about relationships and communication. You don't see any of that now. The technocrats, the little busy bastards, the little Rishi Sunaks, aren't they, on the pitch? They know all the fucking rules, but they don't know fucking life or right. humanity or emotions so, or people. Pricks. I think we made some good points about the ref and VAR there, but... I think that we've made a massive, massive oversight here and there'll be some of our listeners who, um, one very close to you, Dave, who will be really disappointed that it's taken us half an hour, 40 minutes to get to this point. Got Darwin three words for you. <laughs> nope. Queven fucking killer. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Do you know what a game he the, the save in the first half, that like ridiculous save that he made. My dad just turned to me like deadly serious and he went, you see, that's why he's the best in the world. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, he's not that right. right. Yeah. But if you watch today's today. game as a one-off, if you watch today's game as a one-off and somebody told you, you've never seen, you never watched a game of football in your life. Yeah. Someone said to you, Cleveland Kelleher is the best goalkeeper in the world. After watching that game today, you wouldn't argue with yeah, you. Yeah, but my dad's seen literally thousands and thousands of performances. <laughs> so it's not like this is his first game. I'll always stick up for it. And he's nothing but consistent, Dave. He's, he's like, we can see where you get it from. Consistent, one way He's got a boy and he's sticking with him. Stubborn and belligerent. We can see where Dave gets the conviction of saying <laughs> things that are absolutely wrong, wrong, but we go, oh, well, you know what? He's very, he's very convincing. Maybe he's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Queeve was absolutely sensational yeah, today. Uh, like mm. picking a man of the matches, I, I I go with Virgil just because he's won the game and his performance was was like ten out of ten. But so Queeve oh, was ten out of ten as well. I thought Canate was fucking sensational. Endo, 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 ten out of ten. You know, Harvey got better as it went on. I thought Harvey like Wednesday, quiet to start with, but weird. but by the end, I thought Harvey was great. I thought yeah, he played really, really well. But yeah, uh, the saves that that Queeve's made. Two absolutely sensational saves. The rest you'd kind of almost just thought was good as well, but mostly saves you'd expect them to make. But the two that's the one you're talking about. The, yeah, what's the, the one other one? I, coming out, coming out the to the edge from, of the area. That's one. The one, the, like, the yeah. one from Gallagher was one, but the the one before that uh, in the first half, and then Endo made that incredible block as well. Yeah, from the big scramble. Palmer's yeah. point blank oh, shot oh, and arm, of course. he saves that arm, wasn't it? and then the rebound falls to somebody else actually to start with it's like Sterling's clean through and Connor Bradley does brilliantly to stop Sterling the ball goes yeah. to Palmer Cueve makes an incredible stop to deny him the ball comes back out to another Chelsea player and Enzo yeah, makes, makes a block puts it over the bar yeah, so that was just like brilliant from all three of them I think the second one was even better because from, from Gallagher yes when yeah. he's clean through because that's that's the save that we talk about. Alison, yeah, like, yeah. That he's out so quickly and he cuts down the angle. That, that makes it himself big. It like an, yeah. almost an impossible finish. It was an impossible finish because he's so quick on him, yeah? Yeah. So did you, like, did you, you see know, that? The, the thing that someone photoshopped and they'd put Alison's yeah. beard on the <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> tremendous. Uh, yeah. That, to be fair to Queeb, that beard, like he still looks like the Milky Bar kid, even though he's growing a beard, right? Like, no, sweet it doesn't like, make him look like any sweet more like when she tried out for the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> Another always sunny reference there for those who don't um, watch. Once again, I'll preface that by saying you should just go and watch it. But, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, hey, yeah, hey I'm, on, I'm, I'm drinking a wearing away Boggs jersey that you can't get more sunny than that right now. No, no, you can't, definitely. Do you know what? I had the chance yesterday to go. There was a... Uh, How did you not go? I didn't. We went to the Keys and started oh. camping. Yeah, uh, Charlie and Dennis from Always Sunny were doing a like a appearance at a local liquor store near me, like because they got this whiskey that they're selling, and they were doing like a meet and greet and stuff. So I could have gone and had a picture taken with um, with uh, Dennis and Charlie, but I went down to the Keys and did a little camping exercise. So that was fun. I'm not sure why I brought that up now, but um, uh, yeah, look uh, where you could have won. <laughs> yeah, well, look at what we did win. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nice. Paul, you got nothing to add about Queeve? No, just fucking great. I thought he was. I thought Dave covered it really. I just thought he was brilliant. Certainly, I think the best, the best, best game he's had for Liverpool. I think. And I just let's not forget as well. Still got fewer than fifty appearances for us. You know. Hey, he's, you he's brought that up played. when it wasn't the game wasn't over, Paul. That was the that was the only issue. Like Queeve's best games. Like, hang on, let's finish yeah. the game before we yeah, start playing. To, to be fair, now, but uh, it, yeah, I you think did. It, yeah, I think and now is. you're right. Yeah, yeah. It, absolutely sensational. Uh, glad I didn't go to Pens. I just didn't want to. Yeah. Uh, didn't, well, I hate it anyway. I hate Pens anyway. I hate extra time actually. But glad I didn't go to Pens. I just didn't think. I don't think you can sort of you know chance it. You know, t- um, second time. I just I don't know. Just feel a little bit like it happened last time. This time, so many kids on the pitch. Mm. I, I was was concerned about that, but he just was. He, he yeah, it was. Absolutely fantastic! Can if you could have joint man of the match, he'd be joint man of the match. Um, he was absolutely sensational. Yeah. And you know, Kloppo said afterwards, um, "We've got the best keeper in the world, and we've got the best number two in the world." And I, I, I don't think that's hyperbole. I think he is. You know, who comes mm-hmm. in and plays like that in, in a, such a that's a big fucking game. You know, to play like that in a big game, superb, absolutely brilliant. But there have been some doubts about him this year. Like, it's so unfair on him that we look at every goal and think, well, would Alisson have saved that? But don't you think that comes back to the points I keep trying to emphasise about how many appearances he's got, Chris? I mean, we need to check it, actually, don't we? If he's played 30 games for us, I'd be surprised. He has not. Maybe he's gone slightly over that this season. I think I looked earlier in the season, he was on something like 26. He might be up to about 34, 35 now. You know, just because yeah. he's been he's, he's been in and around the first team for years, we think of him as this super experienced player, but he's not. Well, this is a good point to get to Jules, like who you think our man of the match was today, because there's an, a number of contenders really. Like um, Kelleher is definitely one of them. Verge, the match winner, impeccable. His defending was amazing. I personally, for me, it was Harvey because just how the engine on him was friggin' amazing. Like I think there's Dave. I think it's. I blame you for this. There's like a narrative that started about how the lack of Harvey's pace, but I don't necessarily see it that way because when he's on the ball, I don't necessarily think his his pace negatively impacts us because he's so front footed and he's always trying to move and he's trying to move the ball quickly and get us on the front foot and you know open teams up and stuff. And he does a great job for us on that front. I thought also that. Luis Diaz had a really, really good game, never stopped going. For most of the afternoon, it looked like if we were going to get on the score sheet, somehow yeah. it was going to come through something that he did. And I, I feel like he really took a lot of responsibility today. And part of the reason why we were able to be so successful on the front foot, albeit without scoring, was because of the good work that he was doing. And, and we, we've said that we, you know, we, we wanted to run at people more. And I, think, I feel like he did that today. 
Yeah, I, I think he did. I, the only, the first ten minutes, he dummy head in a bit, like just final ball, like wastefulness. The longer the game went on, it was clear. Okay, if we're gonna do anything here, it's probably gonna come through Diaz because he just never stopped, and he he kept running at defenders. And I think we were really unlucky. Well, he was really unlucky that a lot of his good work wasn't finished off because he was getting to the line and he was putting balls across and it just wasn't, you know, there was one when um, I think Weren't it was you Diaz. counted how many mistakes he made? Yeah, and, and I was like, I was up to five mm. after 10 minutes. I, I, and, then, I, like... and then I stopped because he, I thought, you know what, he's actually the, the main threat that we've got here for all like the... <laughs> I mean, the, the you, you were counting how many you you were you were being a bit harsh, like counting how many mistakes he was making. Like, I know, I, I well, I'd said like three times already, and then he did like two immediately. So I just went four, five, but then I, I stopped because he he did, he was carrying the fight to them, and most of the things that we were doing came through him, and I'm like, yeah. he's just he just keeps on going, he's relentless, and even right up to the end, he was still running, he was still carrying the fight to them. Uh, it didn't happen for him, like in terms of you know the, the shooting and stuff, but I thought he he's like really really good performance, similar to the other night, except not as many chances as the other night, but similar in the way that he just kept going. Right, I think you were really harsh on Diaz counting the mistakes, but let's have if you want some real real sort of a talk on it. If you were saying of the five forwards that we have. And you're only going to have two available. Which two are you going to pick? No one's picking Luis Diaz and Cody Gakpo, are they? No. No. Right. Now, if it's me, it's 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 Mo Salah, and then it's either or Nunez or Jota. I'm probably picking Nunez because of the pace, even though I think Jota was on fire before he got injured. So we were left today with basically choice four and five. Does anyone disagree that it was choice four and five? No. No, I agree. No. No. Okay, so we're all choice four and five. So you have to like sort of view it in that context. Like, I think I, I think you were really harsh picking out Diaz's mistakes because oh, he isn't. How many times are you going to say that? <laughs> enough because I think you were trying to gloss over it at the start there. So I, I think because the reason I say it is because I, I thought I was in the, the tree of trust in the chat. <laughs> the tree of trust. <laughs> the tree of trust is in the other chat, not that chat. You're sorry, you're in an open forum on that one. The reason I say it is because, like, he's not like I think Gakpo. I, I think when any whatever combination we would pick, I think it would be Mo Nunez and Jota, and then it would be Diaz and Gakpo, right? And that is a slight knock on Diaz and Gakpo in the sense that they are fourth and fifth, but also look who's one, two, and three. It's not like you know you you one two and three to some jabronis. You one two and three to possibly one of the best players that ever played for the club. And Mo, um, um... Mo as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair play. Um, one of the most clinical goal scorers that's ever played for the club. Plus Mo and, player... and Jota. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I'll stop. And then one. Okay. <laughs> you won't though, will you? <laughs> and then. Someone who's got bags of potential, like unlim. In in theory, Nunez does have unlimited potential. Like if he can sort of reach those heights, he he could be he could be truly great. So Diaz and Gakpo are fourth and fifth. Yeah. And then not only are they fourth and fifth, but they're working with materials behind them that wouldn't necessarily be the best materials behind them. 
So I think it was really unfair. I, I, I thought at the time, but like, obviously it's not that important for me to go, you, you know, I think you're being unfair because we're all caught up in the moment. But I thought that Diaz, like, because he, he's not like um, like a Mane, like, because we've, we've talked about this before, like, it's unfair to compare Diaz to Mane because, like, are you better than what came before? And, like, Mane was, like, fantastic at his, at his peak. He was absolutely fantastic. Physicality, pace, just clini- clinical finishing in front of goal. He had it all. So it's not fair to, to compare like for like. But, like, I, I always find that Diaz is slightly slight physically. He hasn't got the physicality of Diaz. So we're, we're talking about like you're up against you're, you're so, yeah. So you you sort of like you have to lead you lead the line so to speak along with Gakpo. You have to be the guy. But if if that had been Mane, I think Mane would have been the guy. He'd have been like he, there'd have been a bit more threat, a bit more like authority. Diaz doesn't quite have that. But that's not knock on Diaz. That's like like that's not entirely fair because I thought. He ran his bollocks off. He worked hard um, trying to hold the ball up. Because, like, I saw comments in the chat, and, like, this isn't, like, for, for listeners, this is a bit like, I don't care. So that's fair enough. But, like, in the chat, they was like, Diaz isn't beating his man. Diaz isn't doing this. But in the context of where the game, sometimes Diaz, if he beat his man, there was no one up anyway. He had to hold the ball up. Mm-hmm. He had to try and bring people into play. And he, he worked his bollocks off. When he had the chance to try and take a player on, he's not as good as Mane taking a player on, but he tried to take the player on. He tried to cut into the byline and pull it back. And then he would, if not possible, he would try and hold the ball up and bring Robbo and then later Simicast into play. Um, so I think Diaz was... I thought he, he... Overall, throughout the game, so we're looking at the body of the 120 minutes, I thought he was he had a really good game. But uh, I think I, it's like... I, I disagree. I disagree. And, and okay, I think, well, uh, see, I, think, I, I agree, and so, I said so, that. <laughs> Apart from the first ten minutes. Are you, but, oh, Paul, why did Paul, why did Paul, why did you disagree? Well, I, I, I totally agree with Jules about. I mean, certainly, I'd revise my view um, by the by the end of the 120 minutes, and I think that his effort was absolutely like almost superhuman you know he was dead on his feet at the end and he kept going he kept going he kept going I've got a and I, I don't my view on him is not in isolation with today's game and I think um, maybe in some senses that's slightly unfair but I've got I've had a growing issue with him across the season really and that's even accounting for the fact that you know he's had an absolutely horrendous time and normally I'm I'm the first person to to cut people like loads of slack over things going on in their lives that I think can affect them but I, I, my my issue with him is is that he's he was he was really the man today in terms of seniority in terms of the the attack. He's got all the attributes that you need to 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 really take carry the game to Chelsea. And I re- it bothers me that I don't see the um, I don't see the bravery and the aggression on the front foot to take to beat a man and to take him on and to run at them and to really you know to to make the right decisions. For me, do you mean be the, Sadio the things, Mane? The things that are frustrating me about him are that is it, it's a, it's mentally really is that he's not making the right choices, he's not making the right decisions, and he hasn't got he hasn't got this really kind of attacking mindset. Now, in terms of his physicality, he's never going to be Sadio. You know, just look at his frame. He's skinny. He's much more slight than Sadio. Sadio is an absolute warrior, and I can't, I'm not asking him for him to be that. I can't ask him to be that. That would not be fair. But I certainly think, you know, as a South American, I'd be wanting him to really just think, I'm going to absolutely torture you with the ball. I've got all the skill in the world. I've got all the pace in the world. Go around the outside for once. 
You know, every time he cuts in, take a man on. That said, I, I, I'm not going to go to town on him because I think by the end of the game, he had given absolutely everything and he'd redeemed himself just in terms of pure effort for me by the end of the game. But I just think moving forward, I want to see how we resolve this issue of, you know, what he does for us as an individual. And I know it's a team sport. I know Klopp's football, it, it, more than probably any other managers, is about the, is more than the sum of its parts. But he's a guy who I think has got... In some ways, he's frustrating me more at the moment than Darwin was, you know, three, four months ago. And that I just think that he's got all these attributes put it together and really rip some players to bits. You know, if it doesn't come off with a goal or an assist, okay, I can live with that. But at least let some of these fullbacks know that they're in a game. That's what was frustrating me. So I think he that, did that. I, I, I don't. I, I don't. I don't. I do too. See, that time uh, he took, I, I, in the first half where he took the piss out of Ando Fernandez there, made him look like an absolute fucking waste of, waste of what, space where he just like knocked the ball past yeah. him and ran down the line. No, I don't like, we, I think we created a really good opportunity. Maybe I need to look again. Point. Maybe I need to look again. And the but great I just, run in the second half as well when he beat like four players running through the middle. I just yeah, think he should yeah. be creating more situations where there's goals coming out of it and we're not seeing that. I think Either that, he scores them or That wasn't down to him today, I don't think. No. Like, I think he created those situations and they oh, yeah, weren't necessarily finished off because... A, maybe the opportunity wasn't that prime, and B, like in other circumstances, like a shot that gets hit into the ground and goes into the side netting, goes into the net. Like yeah. I think today mm. was like a massive step in the right direction for him in terms of what he con contributed all over the field and his effort was just... I think, I think for me, like since the, since the situation with his, with his parents, since the injury and stuff, We've often talked about how he hasn't been brave, brave enough in, in certain situations and confident enough, perhaps, and just feeling a little low in himself. But today, I think he did, I think he did all of those things. And uh, on a different day, he could have had three or four or five assists today. Like, most of the good stuff we did came through him. And, um, yeah, I... I don't I, think. I agree. Well, let's let's hope he what kicks you on. You agree? Let's, you were talking about his mistakes in the first ten fucking minutes, and then I realised I was being a dickhead, and I stopped. Uh, I, I, what do you want from I, me? I've given I'm all the credit in the world. to what Chris is saying. I'm like spot on that, and then you're gonna. Like, I agree. I'm like you I were fucking agree. six, seven in eight. the first ten, maybe fifteen <laughs> minutes, and then I realised, you know what? You're being a tit. Stop it. And I did stop right. it. When did I say anything else after I, that? Are you saying that you're giving the Jerry Orbach when you're wrong? You say you're wrong. Exactly. Oh, whoever he enough, is, okay. whoever that guy is. The fucking is. Dirty Dancer, whoever never, he is. never seen it. Oh, we're going through You've this. You've never again. seen Dirty, dirty dancing. dancing. We've had this, we've had this. Oh He's never seen God. Dirty Dancing. Never but he has egregious. seen Roadhouse. Seen Roadhouse, yeah. Of yeah, seen Roadhouse. Hey, that Roadhouse remake looks good as well. I'm looking forward to it. No, Conor Gregor's in it. I'm not having That's it. That's the worst it thing you've ever said in your entire <laughs> fucking time. I'm not saying it's better Jake than the original. I'm Conor McGregor to it. Florida Keys. Are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> no. No, it looks good. I never call you out on anything. But I'm giving that's a disgraceful Chris, comment from you. Chris, I've got some bad news for you. That's not What's the worst that, thing that he said. <laughs> He actually, he did not have only fills and horses in his top oh, five UK off. comedies. Fuck off with this oh shit. Again, I know. That was why what I left the, the chat. Then? I left the chat. <laughs> yeah, that's why you had your big fucking dramatic flounce like I an absolute chat for a week. I just, I couldn't deal with it. Like, you know what? I don't want to hear. No, you wanted to just. I need to. You wanted it. to just. He just wanted to make a fucking ridiculous point. It wasn't a week. I left. I think it was on a Sunday, and I came back for a Thursday night game. But I just needed time away because that that shook me to my core. I like only great quality.
There's just five others which are better. What's in your top five? Oh though? my god, just, he's still just doing quickly. it. Let's just have it. Uh, I can't remember what's on my head. That's young how ones, great they po- are. Young Ones, <laughs> Porridge. I don't have lists in my head about stuff. I just like what I like, you know what I mean? I'm just looking. I'm just checking Dave's Dave's ten minutes here. I'm just checking back in the chat to see whether it's ten, 10 to right. fifteen. Yeah. yeah, you get you you do that. We'll move on. Um, yeah, he's just deflecting uh, because of his only fools take and his roadhouse take. <laughs> Jules, in in terms of the kids that came on, the the less experienced one. I mean, we haven't even mentioned Connor Bradley today. Like, first of all, what a fucking warrior he was. What a man adjusting yeah. to. God knows how many positions he had to play today. Like, let alone like playing right back, inverted full back, right wing, right midfield, like centre forward at times. It felt like he was as well. Like he was. I mean, he did himself and his family proud today. And there was almost a sense where he came off. I can't remember who came on for him, but it was almost like the experienced player is coming off, and we're bringing on like an, another young lad. And we we forget that this this boy's played like seven or eight games for us. And yeah. He was, a, you know, he's one of the first names on the team sheet for us today as well. So, but it, if you look at across the breadth of those young lads who represented us today, um, which one stood out most to you? Are we excluding Connor Bradley? No, we're including Connor Bradley. Sure. Well, <clears throat> Connor Bradley always stands out because for a twenty-year-old with the sort of ingenuity with, with with which he can change positions and then like the attacking verve, because obviously Gomez came on and he played further forward. Um, it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. And like, uh, I think it was Paul, or maybe I can't remember. I alluded to earlier their interviews after the game was just like spoke of such maturity, in, just like outrageous. And the weird thing is, they both spoke with like both their, the hands like sort of tucked behind their backs, like they it, it had been ingrained in them. This is how you talk. This is how you sort of give yourselves to the media, that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> Bradley's incredible. Um. He's incredible for a right back, ostensibly a right back at his age. Um, maturity, um, tactical nous, um, again attacking verve, aggression. It's a, aggression. I know that's like Paul's three things are like pace, aggression, and uh, class. And sort of like yeah, it, it's just, Suarez, he's been going on about well. it for years. Yeah, it, it. So I'm gonna leave Connor Bradley out because. Like Dave said, like Quants are sort of like is counted as a first team player, even though like you know six months ago we wouldn't have known who, who you know we wouldn't have counted him as, as um, a first team player. So we're looking at who came on. I like. I want to go Bobby Clark, and I, I I sort of like I don't don't feel like sort of like that's a cop out because like his dad was a Premier League player, and he you know played for Newcastle and Sunderland, crossed that mad divide that they have up there, played for Fulham. So he's got that sort of in his blood, but like some of the shit he was doing when he came on belied his age. And it's, you know, whether that's uh, on, on Inglethorpe at the academy or whether it's on his dad or just on him, I don't know. But some of the stuff he was doing, the, the composure, the play, um, the, the it's sort got of a lovely touch, winners, hasn't he? He has. Just, I mean, I, I've got to knock him for the shit um, behind the ear tattoo, but other than that, I can't. I can't. It's just incredible. Like I, I can't believe the academy brings these players out. But whether, because I suppose you look. If you want to look another way, will these players? Will all of these lads who came on today be Liverpool players in five years? Probably not. Yeah. So they're. 
some will, some won't. So, so exactly, yeah. Obviously, so some will, some won't. That's a good point. Well, Bradley will. Bradley, Bradley definitely. definitely will. Kwanzaa will. Um, Kwanzaa will. I think McConnell will. I yeah. McConnell, I think it's too early to say. I agree. I, I really I like Jamie Dans, but he's playing in a position where it's hard, isn't it? Because the clubs yeah. will spend big on a forward. Too early. I really to like say. him. Too early. Yeah, and, I agree, Jules. And Clark, even though I was really impressed with Clark, and I have been since he's been playing, too early to say. Because coming on and being the plucky kid, like showing a bit of composure in a big game, is great. But at some point, you have to move from that to I am affecting games. I am changing or, games. Or I be a squad player. But, but you don't need to be. We're all about the rotation, aren't we? These lads these lads can be something for us. You know, they might not be the big game play every week player, but they can certainly come in and do a job. And that's a good career, isn't it, at Liverpool? That's not my concern, though. No. I, I agree. Like When I'm saying like some will make it, some won't, it's not really mm. about whether they're good enough to be squad players, because I think they will be. It's more to do with the fact that Klopp's going... We don't know who's going to come in. We don't know what his attitude's going to be towards How much will he lean on them? Uh, yeah, and it's, also I, tactically, what got, are his ideas? Do they fit in with That's got specific... to be a prerequisite for the job, Dave. You, yeah, cannot you may bring well want to bring your manager players into this club. The other night, but if we? you've got a style of play in certain positions that you know, you're know you looking for certain quality oh, right, okay, and yeah, they yeah, might yeah, not have them, you mean. that's I'll what I'm saying. You know, they, I mean, you'd hope that a new manager would try and coach some difference into yeah. them first, wouldn't you? Before but that doesn't mean that they will, they will end up well... having... You might get a manager who, who's like adamant that he wants his defensive midfield player to be six foot two or something. You know, you might yeah, want true. that. And, you know, just I'm just using that as an example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They may not fit a specific profile. Well, you'd so hope that... A, that's why I, hope that I, man... I wouldn't say they definitely will or won't, but I think they're all incredibly talented and they've all got a chance. I would expect Xavi to come in, and because I think it is going to be him, to come in and take a long, hard look at all of them. And, you know, I mean, basically, I mean, it, it is a small sample size, but basically what he's done at Leverkusen is he's gone in there and he's he's coached a different way of playing into the, basically the players that he had. So I'd hope that we would we would largely see that from whoever the new manager would be at Liverpool, mm. but certainly from Xabi Alonso. But yeah, I do take your point. And I think it's inevitable, at least a couple of them won't be here for the long term. Um, but I think, certainly, I, I think, I look at all of those lads at the, at the moment. So who stood up for you, Paul? Premier League clubs would, would be signing some of these guys. In terms of the young ones, I, th- I think, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm glad you mentioned Bobby Clark, Jules, because I think one of the things I've had in my mind about Bobby Clark is, what exactly is he um, in terms of specifically? And I actually think he's just a really well-educated, multifaceted footballer. He can play a number of roles. I mean, I think he, t- he tends to play in, in the eight rather than the six. But you look at his composure and his intelligence, they all seem to have this almost preternatural wisdom about them, don't they? Understanding of the game. The, the one I... I mean, I've said it already. I've got nothing to, nothing to base it on other than, like, a couple of clips and, and seeing how he's done a couple of cameos as Dan's. But in terms of... I just, I just look at his raw, raw attributes. Two feet, fast, strong, scores all kinds of goals. He likes scrappy goals. He likes classy goals. He's good in the air. He looks like he's got everything. But he's, he's, he's got a lot... He's got a long way to go, but I think he could be really, really good. And that's saying something if you're a forward to come through at Liverpool. I think it's, well, any big club, it's much harder to come through as a centre forward than in probably any other position through the academy. It happens so rarely. And we're due one, really, aren't we, I think? Um, so, uh, but, but yeah, I think Connor Bradley, I mean, Brownie, Brownie's talked about the Stevie comparisons and I've seen some of his earlier coaches, youth coaches have now made the same comparison. I mean, he just looks... He just looks incredible. He looks like a first team footballer now, um, and I, and I, yeah, fantastic. Quanta, 
I mean, I, I reached a point at some point, I realised, I don't know, a few weeks ago, a couple of months ago, I, I, I kept thinking, I may have said it in one of the pods not in the last couple of months, I'd kind of been saying previously, yeah, I like him, everything looks good, I'm waiting for a big test, I'm not waiting for a big test with Quanta anymore. I mean, Quanta for me has thrown out the window that old adage about centre-halves mature much later yeah. than players in other positions. I mean, he clearly Do you doesn't. know what, Paul? I, I felt assured when he came on the field tonight. Yeah, yes. Like, when he was brought Agreed. on, I felt like, oh, good. Yeah. You know, I didn't Legs. feel like there was any risk bringing him on. I thought Absolutely. he showed us up. Because there's a risk keeping Canate on with like his hamstrings yeah. and a yellow card. Inglethorpe yeah. is doing something, isn't he? With it. Well, well, I'm saying Inglethorpe, it'd be his individual coaches as well. You know, it'll be Barry Lutus and the other guys. But Inglethorpe has, has affected something at the academy about character and mentality. It's obviously an element of their recruitment, but it's not pure recruitment because Jaden Danz has been with us since he was six years old. So it's about they are doing six something. Years old. <laughs> they're doing something about psychology, about mentality, about character. They're, do, they're doing character education of some sort linked to football at the academy. Well, because did you these the boys. Thing that did, Paul, the other day? No, I've not seen it. Somebody alluded to it to, yeah. today. Oh, it was really not, good. It was, it was. It was really good. But it basically, they don't like uh, kids thinking they've made it too soon. So there's a wage cap, which a lot of clubs 50, don't have. Yeah, 50, 50 grand, grand a year. year. Wage cap. Yeah. Do you know what I like, Dave? Not allowed flash Dave. cars, watches, no, all that I, stuff. You can't have a car over one point three liter engine, yeah. and if you do, you can't park it in the car park. You've got to park it elsewhere. Yeah. They also <laughs> don't they build into their Little first contracts. Right. There's automatic mm. automatic bumps. First time you're in the in the first team squad. Yeah. First time you come on as a sub. Incentivized. First time you start. Yeah. Yeah. Put it yeah. But it's not just that, is it? It's not. I think that is a big part of it. That's it's not, but it's not culture, just that. It? that the, it's it part of the culture, yeah. but I also Literally think there's culture. something more. Mm. They're talking to them about how to be a man. They're talking to them about how to be an adult, how to be a grown-up, how to be a Liverpool player. I think there's actual specific conversations about what a Liverpool player looks like. It is that peripheral stuff that becomes part of the... You know, There's like an osmosis. It's all those things that you've all mentioned there, boys. But I think there's actually there's people saying to them, this is what a Liverpool player looks like. Look at him over there. Look how Virgil van Dijk conducts himself. Look at how... You know, I think somebody mentioned on the commentary today, Jamie Redknapp it was, bringing the academy and the first team players onto the same site has got to be a good thing. Redknapp was talking about how he used to watch John Barnes train when he first came to Liverpool as a 17-year-old from Bournemouth and you know, seeing how, how the men behaved. That's part of it as well. But whatever it is, it's absolutely working. But the key, let's not get away from it, is that we've got a manager yeah, who, is. that point I made right at the start, Pete Klopp, he's so brave to put them in. And yet he doesn't see it as brave. He just he just thinks these lads are going to come in and they will perform for me. That is so important. That is an absolute prerequisite for his successor for me. We cannot let that go. Development, whether it's young players or players that we bring in, like an endo or whoever, um, from from elsewhere, development is the core of what Liverpool are about, and if we let that go, mm -hmm. we're absolutely crazy. Yeah. So from one thing to I'm I'm all over the place with hosting because I know there's a bunch of stuff that we need to get in, um, but I just want to take this opportunity to remark on the celebration of the goal that counted and Costa Simicas's role in the goal. <laughs> Oh my God. And I think he it's was amazing. all of us in that very moment, like <laughs> legs over the shoulders. Let's fucking have it. 
Virgil said he was worried about getting injured, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. And Virgil van Dijk is out of uh, Liverpool's uh, FA Cup tie with Southampton this week because of a damaged bum hole. <laughs> 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 But Jules, you know, you you admire a good-looking man as much as I do. Like, Costas was all of us there, surely. Yeah. Um, shout out to Costas because he was a, he was a cup hero last year in the FA Cup as well. Um, and it's not easy to come into the sort of game we're playing where we're, where you're favourites, kind of not favourites because of the team and you're placing Robbo. Um and I, th- I thought he did really well, and obviously the cr- the cross for Verge was was terrific. And yeah, like there's no better thing than trying to you know insert yourself into Verge's anus when he scores. <laughs> 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 I mean, if you're gonna go, you know, go for Verge. Um, so yeah, um, I, it's been a bit of a hit and miss season with Costas because of the injury and that and that kind of stuff, but. Um, I'm pleased for him. Like he's a character, isn't he? He's like he's, he's the classic cult hero character squad player that, that, they all that you him, always want. Yeah, yeah, and it, like you know, he looks like he's got out of bed just an hour before kickoff, and you know, he spent too many days with Ibiza George and, and, and that kind yeah. of stuff. But um, it's a quality cross and it's called the header. Um, and I, I I think it's fitting that Verge scored. Like the first goal shouldn't have been chalked off, as we've we've already we've already uh, come across but like I think I, I me personally I, like there was a bit of few there was a few doubts last year with, with how we played and sort of how Verge was playing last year but from the moment we signed him I, I think um, I, maybe Dave and Paul will back me because they have said it I always thought like that Verge was a captain in waiting and we would have given the captaincy to him earlier but Henderson was still here so we couldn't do so um, and I think we're seeing that just this year. He's been a he, he's been a tremendous leader of men, you know. Yes. I, I'm not you a big fan of Scott. everybody at the end of the game. Yeah. You know, even at the start of extra time as well, where he's like bringing everybody in, and even in the celebrations where he's the one that's like, organized. Like he's yeah. He, he's a fucking Pied Piper, isn't he now? Yeah. I, I need to do a mea culpa here in a minute when Jules was finished, Chris. Let me come in after well, Jules. I'm, I'm almost finished, Paul, so I'll, 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 I'll hand off to you in a second. I'm not a fan of Sky sticking the camera into the pre-match huddle. But, like, that sort of authority, the calmness that he exudes, and, like, sometimes, he, you know, last year it could have been interpreted, like, it's ego, it's laid back. I don't think it is. I just think it's the calmness that a person exudes when they're at the pinnacle of what they're doing. Um, I, I always thought that... He should have been captain. You couldn't make him captain because Henderson was here, and it's very difficult to sort of usurp a captain um, when the person's still at the club. But I think he is—he's always been—he is where he should be right now. And today is just like—he's he, reached the, the 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 peak of the mountain top. He's led by—you don't get signed as the club's record signing as a defender and then scoring your debut in a derby unless you're something special. Yeah, you don't get made club captain and score the winner in a cup final when the odds are con- are being stacked against you the longer the game goes on, unless you're something special. The guy is something special. He always has been something special. I fucking love him. I'll hand it off to Paul. Um, yeah. So I mean, I think I should probably 
just feel like I want to restate me, me Virgil credentials. I think I was the only person who said we should wait for him. I was calling signing Virgil before anybody else. I knew he was going to be world class. I said we, I said it was the right thing to do to wait when we couldn't get him in that summer. And I, I think he is. Well, I don't, don't just think this. I know it. He's the greatest centre half I've ever seen play football. Um, not just for Liverpool either. I think he's absolutely unbelievable. I've never seen a more perfect footballer. I think I was absolutely on the future captain bandwagon until last season. And I think I had a wobble last season for some specific reasons, which I think I've now been firmly put to bed for some of the reasons that Jules has talked about. I did not like how touchy he was about some of the comments that were made um, about his game in the Dutch media. I do understand how difficult that is to deal with, but it goes with the territory. I don't think he was honest enough um, at the time about how his own game was going, even though I think he had huge mitigation in terms of coming back from what Pickford did to him. Um, I think in retrospect, it's possible to see some of that as just his, you know, managing his own maybe personal self-doubts. I saw some trivial stuff in retrospect, but I was putting it all together about him. Like, I think he was at some, there was photos of him at some Calvin Harris gig coming up in the DJ booth with the sunglasses on. I just thought, like, just like... Whoa, whoa, whoa don't knock Calvin Harris. Whoa. No, I'm not knocking Calvin Harris. I'm knocking a fella, <laughs> I'm knocking a footballer standing in a DJ booth with sunglasses on uh, in a nightclub and giving it the big one. And all of that was in the context of this whole, um, this whole kind of my shit don't stink thing. I think he's put all of that to bed and more this season. I've never had doubts about him as a player. I, I felt last season that some of the... I was never critical of the way he was playing because I thought that was understandable given what he'd been through and I always knew he'd come back strong. Um, I think he's got years left. He could have another five-year contract with us, no doubt in my mind. But it was around the specific stuff around humility, about leadership, about character, about ego. And last season gave me a wobble. Some things I've absolutely loved from him this season. One thing is just that his game has gone right back to the top. Another thing is the way I see him dealing with the young players and how positive he is in all the inside training videos. You know, there's, he just exudes positivity. When he's chatting as he walks in, he always says good morning to all the, the, the admin staff who are in one of the side offices without fail. Lots of the lads do, but some of them miss it. Sometimes he never does. The way he deals with the kids who are the mascots when they're coming on for the game. The way he was today going up for the trophy, two disabled fans sitting there. Yeah. So genuine mm. and personable and warm and comfortable talking to them. You know, that's a decent human being. That's not somebody who thinks, oh, the camera's on me. I've got to act like I know how to talk to these guys because that's what we do. That was not about image. That was about him giving of himself to make the day for those fellas who were sitting there who want yeah. to shake his hand as he walked up. There's Didn't no awkwardness. That, did Didn't have to do it. No awkwardness, no discomfort. It was completely natural. And then you talk about the big character moments that we've seen today and you talk about the stuff on the pitch. So yeah, um, in terms of a captain... I wasn't sure last season. I think that was absolutely ridiculous in retrospect. Um, and I'm absolutely delighted to see how he's done today and spot on Jules in terms of, you know, the man for the occasion to, you know, to, I th when, when the first goal was disallowed, the bit, my biggest disappointment was not, was not for the goal being chalked off, that it was Virgil's goal was chalked off. Because yeah. mm. for me, I'm thinking, fucking right, the captain. And today of all days, when we've got a team put out like that one, the leader has made sure he's the one to score the, to, to score the goal that, that you know, puts us in the lead and it's taken away. And then he still comes back and he does it again. You know, that says everything but, that you need to say about him. Incredible guy, incredible Paul, captain. 
you know, the, the old the old adage goes: there's like the man that makes the moment, and there's the moment that makes the man. Like, how much do you credit Jurgen for um, making Klopp the captain when a lot of us were Klopp the captain, on board Van Dijk the, the captain. Yeah, I think I, I think you said yeah, you said, you said Klopp. I, How I much do you credit Jürgen for making Klopp the captain? <laughs> <laughs> Jürgen making Van Dijk the captain rather than like he because he has risen in part. You you know you got the sense that maybe he would have he would have got back to his imperious best, albeit in a slightly different way than he has. But this leadership role that we see from him now is 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 different plane. And do do you think that maybe like part of that is because he was empowered and he was told like, look, I need you to go and be this leader for us now. I need you to take on a slightly different role rather than just being, you know, I could be the best player on the team or the best centre-half the club has ever seen, as you said. It's it's a, it's about becoming the, the man in all I, I, aspects. I, I don't think you can discount Klopp's influence from anything good that's happening at the club or has happened at the club. You know, Jurgen Klopp, you are talking about, in, in any field, globally, one of the great leaders of all time, I would say. You know, you can put him in a conversation. And I know there's different styles of leadership with different levels of responsibility. So if you're talking about wartime leaders and you're talking about, you know, that put, that there's a, they're dealing with a totally different context and it's much more important than winning football matches. But if you're talking about pure leadership skills, the ability to inspire people, to carry people with you, to imbue them with confidence, to direct how they conduct themselves, to get them to to get them to want to be better people, you know, I don't think you can discount um, Klopp's influence on anything good that happens at Liverpool. And certainly, Absolutely. I think when when I think when you see. When you're when you're faced with that level and quality of leadership on a day-to-day basis over many many years, some of it will rub off by osmosis. You know, you're seeing this working example of great leadership all the time. But Klopp won't just do it by example. I'm sure he'll be having active conversations with Virgil about how he leads, mm-hmm. without also wanting to tread his toes. Klopp was big enough and bold enough and confident enough to let Virgil be his own man as well. So I, I, I think I don't want to take away from Virgil here any of the anything any of the great things that we're seeing from him. But I don't think it's a coincidence that great leadership is is coming from being brilliantly led himself. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think I think yeah, very much part of that. I mean, definitely. Like Klopp is just this. I think it's unintentional from him in a way. Like I think a lot of the great quotes about history weren't necessarily made by somebody. Sort of like um, prepare, preparing to say something profound, right? But like just randomly in a press conference the other day, Jurgen Klopp says, "If you dispel bad thoughts, you can fly." Like I'm fucking mm. prepared to get that tattooed on my. If someone said if there was a tattoo artist right next to me right now, like I would get that tattooed on. I'm at a place in my life where I'm very open to this kind of stuff. You're the like, only one there, though. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I, I know, I know, I know. No, we're I, not getting that. You guys are really anti-tattoo, but like you know, like there's just a, Dave, just a level of inspiration that these lads must be getting on a day-to-day basis. Just from someone who's not even trying to be inspirational. He's just fucking trying to explain the ins and outs of why he plays young players in a football game. Like, it's crazy. Just very, very quick point, Chris, just on that, and I'll hand over to Dave. I think Klopp thinks about this stuff all the time. So, yes, I think the, the, the phrases trip off his tongue in a press conference, but he is constantly thinking about leadership and how he conducts himself and about how he wants people to be all the time. It's constantly in his head. That's why this stuff comes out. Sorry, Dave, over to you. 
Yeah, I, I think there's an element of that, and I think there's an element of it just comes natural. Um, I don't think he overthinks it, but he definitely will be thinking when he's going in. Not not all the time, but certain situations when he knows it's really important what he says and how he says it. I do think he thinks about that. But a lot of the things he comes out with, I think it's just spontaneous. It's just who he is. No, I don't mean he thinks about the, what he's going to say. I mean, I think the issues, he's constantly thinking about leadership. So I think the, the way he phrases it and the phrases that come out of his mouth, he's, ca- he's charismatic, isn't he? Mm. He's a very charismatic guy. He's a brilliant communicator, and that is natural, it's innate. But the actual ideas and concepts that he's communicating, these are things he's constantly... You know, for me, I think it's what really has a very much annoyed me about how people look at Klopp all the time is this very trite description of him from people outside Liverpool, really, of, oh, yeah, he's a great motivator, he's a good man-manager... You know, he's a brilliant tactician as well. He's a strategist. Yeah. He's, he thinks. He's, he's got an intellect there. Let's not just diminish him with the ov- by just focusing on the obvious stuff. Oh, look I think at him hugging his players. Yeah, absolutely, like so absolutely. You know, he's clever as well. He's thoughtful. You know, he's wise. Let's not let's not demean the guy by um, by just praising the obvious. So I, I don't mean I didn't. Yeah, I didn't mean to say that like the specific phrasing is planned. I think you're absolutely right, Dave. I think there's a real spontaneity about him, and that's why that human warmth. Um, is so clear because he is. He doesn't. There's nothing mechanical about him. He's not like the other cunts at City, who just like is this kind of like cold, robotic, or, or the or the Lego headed one at, at, at Arsenal. This cold sort of robotic demeanour. Maybe that's unfair in Arteta. He does get a bit shouty now and again, doesn't he? But I I, I think Klopp has this but, war but Arteta that he is, exudes. He just carries it's not. It's yeah. It's forced. It's, yeah. It's he's, not, he's there's not, nothing he's not about him that feels genuine. No. No. I no. agree. I agree. I do think we need to pull Jürgen up on on something now. He did he did go like bad wool, didn't he? Like, yeah, oh, you'll never early. walk alone. <laughs> you'll yeah. never walk alone. Yeah, it was like he turned up for the early yeah. rounds of the League Cup, and he didn't. <laughs> and everyone else just like still stood there, like is the carrying on singing, and he'd gone, and then he had to like turn around and just walk <laughs> back to the game. Yeah. But he was conducting the fans at that point, like that. Hello. In itself, that was just a magical moment where he stepped forward and there was five or ten seconds where he was frigging giving it the conductor's hands and everything. Like, I think in time we'll look back on that and be... It's just an incredibly fond moment. But, Dave, you know, we we can't have this part without, like, some love for Darwin. And speaking about the celebrations... (laughs) I I mean, the downside of of Darwin's celebration is that Curtis isn't going to be seen until Christmas now. (laughs) No. (laughs) Because Darwin basically fucking trampled him. Just (laughs) threw him out the way. (laughs) Running down the steps. It's amazing. Hobbling down the steps on his one leg. And (laughs) and Darwin's behind him. And you can see he's like, oh, get out of my fucking way. I want to get on the pitch. (laughs) He just shoves him to one side. And then he runs and he's fucking hurdling over the... The boards and everything. I'm like, you don't look injured, mate. Why, why are you not no, playing? No, right? <laughs> he went to pull Kevin like... Nash there, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here's where like, he's is... just set himself back now, and he, whatever his muscle injury that he's got, like fucking diving <laughs> over the boards, like that's <laughs> aggravated him. Uh, but no, just hilarious, like just pure Darwin, wasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know you were gutted not to see him today, but like, it. it... Does that sort of like make up for it in a way, knowing that we have the cup in the bag now, and then we have that like moment that we can look back on, we just laugh at him and just like yeah. not laugh at him but laugh with him and just like just fucking love him, man. What a guy! The fact that we won means it, well, it doesn't matter that he didn't play. 
So mm-hmm. yeah, we can just enjoy that. But like, I do feel like if we'd have played today, I just think we'd have fucking twatted them because I think if half the players we were missing today, we'd have absolutely twatted them. Yeah, but specifically oh, geez, the, the pace up front, though. I just the pace think, up, yeah. I mean, look at the, what happens. He hit the fucking woodwork four times against them like the other week. Yeah. So he just needed another crack at them to put that right. But all's well that ends well. We got the cup, so now he can just uh, concentrate on getting himself fit. So he's not going to play on Wednesday, even if he's fit. I, would, I think we'll just rest everyone for that. Just play like kids and, and like the likes of Costas and squad yeah. players. Um can we even afford to rest Jaden Dance on the Wednesday? <laughs> Bobby Clark's gonna be getting the night off. So, yep. Because be seriously, we, Bobby Clark may well be starting because Gravenberg's yeah. not coming back anytime soon. We don't know about Dom. I think loads of them are starting, aren't they? Dave? I'd say I don't mean on Wednesday. I mean in league games, Bobby Clark might be starting. Uh, yeah, in league yeah, games. yeah, yeah, yeah. True. The way, luckily enough, we've only got that one. We've got Forest, haven't we? Before City game, Forest hopefully away we can get. 3 PM yeah, Saturday, hopefully yeah. we can get some players back for the for the City game. If we can get but... Trent, Dom, Darwin, and Mo back, for the, Trent's for still that. got like a stone cold knee brace on. Did you see that? Yes, yeah. That yeah. was a little bit disconcerting. Don't you think our medical team are a bit sort of belt and braces though? You know, I just think it's it seems like um, you know the way the way Darwin was running down the steps there. There's fuck all wrong with him. It looks like he's just been held back. As a you know what we should do? We should keep fucking everybody in knee braces until like the city game, and it'd be the old like gorilla monsoon playing possum. Oh, the hitman Bret Hart playing possum here, Bobby. (laughs) (laughs) And all of a sudden they're all fucking fit as fuck. They've had like a bunch of behind closed door games. And they're all raring to go. Yeah, the inside training videos is just like all the kids playing. And, we're yeah. putting that <laughs> and on the one like the the one when they come in on a Friday morning, because uh, they always put the video out of them just coming in and saying hello to everyone. They all come in with like sad faces and knee braces. <laughs> that yeah. sounds like it could be an album: sad faces yeah. and knee braces. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that'll be if we don't. That'll be if we don't clean up and win everything this season. Will be that'll be the sad, sad faces and knee braces. I just want to um, quickly say something about McConnell before I forget. So yeah, um, there was there was two things from him today that made me just like sit there, just like nodding my head, going, "Yep." Yeah. The first was the yellow card he took when like, Cole, Cole Palmer's running away, and he's like, yeah. "Nah, n- not happening. I'll just take the foul, take the yellow card, because that's a dangerous counter attack." And he just pulled like the wily old pro move. He was he just grabbed hold of him, wouldn't let go. Knew he was going to get a card, but it was the right thing to do in that moment. It was like it was a proper smart move. And the second was like at the end, and he just knocked the ball into the corner. And he he could have like tried to play a pass to one of our players, but he didn't. He just mm-hmm. there was like seconds left, like there was like a minute left, I think maybe less. And he just knocked it over the top into the corner for Dan's to chase. So yeah. like their defender gets it, and but Dan makes the block. Past, didn't he? Yeah, he yeah, closed it down, put it out for a throw in. I'm like, that comes from McConnell just knowing that the smart thing to do there is just get them turned around, don't let them come out, and and just little things like that. I'm like, that's really impressive. Just like his his game intelligence for a kid and, and an occasion like that to just have the presence of mind to be doing like mm-hmm. things that he was doing there. I just thought it was really impressive, but. Not just him. I, I thought they were all really impressive as well. But just those two little incidents, like I wanted to mention them because they, they stood out to me. Yes, yeah, definitely. Time. And you know, on that note, um, any of you can jump in here. Like we've been going a hour and a half now, 
is there some like is there something that we haven't mentioned like rack your brains and think that like, there's loads you know, if, <laughs> so yeah, know but if people on. like you know if people come back to this podcast in two days two years whatever wishful thinking but like something that we that really needs to be mentioned here paul jules dave um we've not really spoke much about the different chances and near misses in the games at both ends i mean the conor gallagher misses for instance, like fucking yeah. hell, he had some great chances today, man. He's your boy as well, Dave. So you probably sealed that. He was. He's well. not your boy now. Surely. No, he's not now. He, he's he, I, I really liked him when he was on loan at Palace, and last summer when we were looking for midfielders, he's someone who I, I would have taken. I, I could see him fitting really well in a Klopp team, but he just stinks at Chelsea, doesn't he? He's, yeah. he's yeah. he looks like one of those players who would not not leave London. He'd be like, he'd rather just stay and and play at like a mediocre London team than move out yeah, of London. Like West Ham or something. He's just got that that about him. In fairness, he is a big Chelsea fan, and his family are all Chelsea fans. So I, I kind of get that he doesn't want to leave Chelsea. Um, might be taken out of his hands because of the mess that that fucking bowlie's put them in. Like, but uh, mm. now he he's a good player, but he does absolutely reek at Chelsea, doesn't he? Can we talk about how fucking unsatisfying to look at Cole Palmer's faces? <laughs> Like what is it about fucking mountains? They're the worst faces of any regional people in Britain, don't they? they is he worse than Foden? Who's yeah, worse? I don't think he's worse than Foden. Mankey McMank face is the worst Mank of all time. <laughs> but like, Brad uh, Palmer's not far behind. Gormless fucking twat. Great player. Gormless twat. Did you see him at the end though? Like uh, when he went over to Klopp. No. Oh, he went over and he was having like a little conversation and a hug with Klopp. And it just, it, to me, I'm like, yeah, he's just come over and gone, well, get me out of here. Is there anything <laughs> <you can> do? <laughs> yeah. This is not this what summer, I signed up for. I know, I know you're going, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Just before you go, last act. I'm a celebrity. Because I, I didn't, see, I didn't see any other other players doing it, but he went over. It was while they were just standing around on the pitch. He went over and like Klopp had him, had him like a big hug and he was like talking to him. Um, but yeah, I, I did he's think, fucking boss. I like, what he's a great player. I think I did, I did see um, Chelsea haircut Ben Chilwell with uh, what I what looked to be tears in his eyes, which was Good. excellent. Yeah, you know, yeah. What a prick! Mm. Absolute bell end of a human. Jules, what are we missing here? I think we're missing Jules by the sounds of it. We are missing Jules, aren't we? <laughs> Lost him. The cats. He's gone to feed the cats or something like that. Go for another, another Tiny Rebel oh, yeah. beer. Tiny Rebel, we still want to be sponsored by it. No, he's, his mic looks like it's dead. There's nothing coming through, so. Yeah, Dave, anything else that you... Um... RIP Jules. Yeah. What a good way to go out, though, man, with the 10th League Cup in the bag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We've done all the players, haven't we? We haven't missed anybody. There's, there's no one that uh, we should have talked about that we haven't done justice to. We've mentioned all the kids. We've talked. We've been through everybody. Ebu, we talked about Ebu, have we? Yeah, I, I heard yes. everything. I heard everything. I don't know what the problem was. Here he is. He's back. Speaking of Ebu, I th- I thought that Jackson fella gave him a pretty a tougher time than I expected out of him. To be honest, like that the the first and the early part of the second half. I felt like he it was more a case of he he got in behind, and then Ebu just took it off him. I don't think yeah. he gave him like gave him problems as such. He he did a few times he got in and you thought, oh this could be trouble, but each time I feel like Canate just got back in and just dealt with him. Because there was one when he made a great tackle. How loud is that cat? 
think that, was it Gallagher got the rebound or and that's when he put it wide or when he had that like shot that he put wide. But there was what was the big mm-hmm. scramble at the ad and like. Oh Queen my god, in the very last then, minute of normal time. That was mm. just nuts. How did that not go in? I mean, I think we have to acknowledge the fact that there are certain points today where we we made our own luck, I guess. Like, you look at that and there are times that you, you have to look at it and say, Chelsea should have put the ball in the back of the net. If that had been us, well. we'd have been just like, oh my god. Well, we hit the post as well with Cody's header. Yeah. They, it, it went, who was it hit the post? It was... Um, it was Gallagher. Yeah, Gallagher at the post. He had the one when Queef saved. There was one that he put wide mm-hmm. as well. So they had chances, yeah. but I think it's it's like what I was saying earlier. It was spells where there was reasons for we kind of just lost our way a little bit during particular spells. And when that happens, that's when, when they seem to give us some problems. But I just thought for the most part we bossed that game. And, you know, we looked at the more accomplished team. They were just trying to play on the counter-attack and... I never felt at any point they wanted to take the game to us, which and then yep. I don't know whether later on it was because they couldn't, because physically they just they didn't have it, or if it was just tactical they wanted to play in the break. But I'd, I'd be I'd be proper pissed off if if that was my team playing like that in that situation. The other thing to say is, we looked like a team, no matter yes. what the personnel changes yeah, were yeah. and the, the the age of the players coming in. We looked a team. Chelsea don't look a team. And that they in, look like what they are, don't they? A collection of individuals. Yeah. I yeah. think you could see that at the end of normal Badly time. Badly scouted individuals. It was either at the end of normal time or at half time and extra time where you there was a camera shot of our lads and we were all kind of together in a hub, like chatting. Like Chelsea's players were all like facing in different directions. A few of them were laying down on the floor. It was just like a collection, of, like you say, Jules, a collection of individuals rather than a team mm. that was focused on a particular goal, which obviously we were today and we walked out with the cup. So, um, I want to talk about what, what Pochettino, that what he said before the game as well. Because like, he was always all right, him. And then he's gone to Chelsea, and it's that's like the old thing we used to say in the fanzine, like s suddenly becomes a twat in zone. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, he was always one, one of the good guys. I, I always quite liked him. And then he comes out with all of that shit on Friday in his press conference about... I hope the referee's going to be fair and coming out with all stuff about the game at Anfield. He said fuck all after that game. No, he did. No, he didn't, Dave. He talked about after that game. He was moaning. He said they he should was have going had a on about how, how much better we were. He was going on about like he moaned about penalties. We were well beaten. Liverpool were by far game. the better team. And then he got asked about penalties and, and he mentioned them, but he never made a big deal about like. 50-50 decisions and all of this free kicks and all of that stuff. And he comes out with all that shit on Friday. Like he should be fined for that. Because that's that's trying to like there's there's a line, and he went over it. He he wasn't just like skating around the line. He went over it by basically saying the referee in that game wasn't fair, and the referee tomorrow needs to be calling it like more down the middle. And by the way, he was talking about that game, and the foul count was like exactly the same for both teams. So he was talking about like all. Well, he, the 50, he got his payback, didn't he? Anyway, yeah. Did you see did, that? Did you see that but, shot at the end? The slow motion of him yeah. like. Bending over, double gutted, while Klopp's going nuts in the background. Big fat faced hamster looking fuck. He was nearly boohooing, wasn't he? He was properly nearly Good. crying at, at, at the end. Mm-hmm. Did you see Blanks Bowley as well when they were going out for their losers' medals? No, oh, did he? Like he shook everybody's hand except Bowley's. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, so yeah, I think he knows he, he knows what's coming in his way. Mm-hmm. The stock's so, falling. Um, stock's falling rapidly. 
even yeah, though I think he's doing a fantastic job. There was a time that I would have been happy for him to be our manager, and there was a time that I was quite scared that he might end up as Man United manager with their mm. hiring and firing thing. And I thought he made might some be bad right career there. choices, though, Chris, hasn't he? Yeah, PSG yeah, was a disaster, sure. and so was this. Just crazy. Yeah. Should have waited for a better job after PSG. You can't be going from one basket case club to another. He should have been thinking about exactly what he wanted to do with his career. He's, I, I think he's mm. fucked himself. He'll have to rehabilitate so it somewhere um, smaller. Mm. The trophy's in the bag. The 10th League Cup, it's a record-extending tally for us. Um, this is really our competition, more than the FA Cup has ever been, I think. Um, when we look back on this game, this day, what do you think will be the abiding memory that we look back on most fondly? Because there's always one from a final or an occasion like this. You mean a specific moment or just an overall thought on, on the game itself? Like, what, what will we remember? Cause, do both. Um, overall impression will be, this will be like the... The kids final, won't it? We'll always think back mm. about like we, we beat Chelsea with like a load of kids on the pitch. Yeah. So the academy fan. I think I think that's what we'll yeah, there'll there'll be all sorts of photos in the academy this week of like the lads with the trophy and all that, like so they they'll all Yeah, be you buzzing. thought the photo against Luton I know. was gonna be the one. That's gonna be getting like shoved in the drawer now and like yeah. <laughs> replaced with a new one. So yeah, yeah I think it's the, the buzz that the academy must have now, you know, like kids who've coming through they're not quite there yet but they'll see that and it's everyone will have an extra spring in the step and training this week all thinking like well if they can do it we can do it so i think that's a big thing in terms of like a particular moment i think it's got to be like costas on top of virgil hasn't it that's going to be the <laughs> that's like the iconic the moment from that. <laughs> yeah. it's the way he just picked his leg up and just like flung it over his shoulder <laughs> Amazing. I mean, we've all been there, right, at one time or another. <laughs> Not with Virgil. <laughs> no, I mean, chance we should be, be so lucky. But... <laughs> what about you, Jules? Not in, directly in terms of the positioning, but in terms of your abiding memories, what you think they'll be of today, and a particular moment that defines this final. Oh, I hope this isn't the 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 abiding memory of Klopp's Ray. I hope there's more trophies to come this season. I hope this. This final, first of all, you had the young lads playing, but basically the first step on onto what might be a memorable last season for, for what will go down as one of the all-time great managers of the football club. I think that's that's all I can think. I, I hope this, as great as this is, I hope this isn't the, the final full stop on it. I hope there's something else to come this season. In his first season, he lost the Carabao League Cup final, lost the Europa League final. So, in sort of some sort of symmetry, I hope at the minimum we win this, we win the Europa League final, sort of to bookend it. But obviously, I hope that the Premier League, and I hope this is just this is remembered a game in adversity where you know the culture of the football club shone through. We all sometimes, myself included, cry about not signing players when we might need players. But the, the club relies on a quality now set up at the academy that can bring players through in a pinch and help you out. And that was what happened in this first trophy of what maybe the three trophies this season, four trophies. Um, I think the FA Cup might be a bit too far because like, I'm not sure who's be available for Wednesday. But in terms of what the season might bring, I'm hoping this will be remembered as the first rung on the ladder for this season. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that the point that you make there um, is significant. Like you look at the you look at the team and Endo and Alexis McAllister cost us fifty million quid combined. And you look at what we went up against today, like two hundred and fifty million quid's worth of midfield talent. Like I don't think, and I know this is, you know, if if the if either of those players sign for us, particularly Caicedo, because that was the one we were going for. It would be a different story. They wouldn't be Shit. The, the mess they are now, right? <laughs> but like, um, exactly. But like, in terms of those two lads that we got, and, and, and if you look at James McConnell and Bobby, Bobby Clark coming in as well, like, you wouldn't necessarily, you don't look back on that and think, oh man, we missed out there, right? On those players, like, fucking hell. No. Like, I wouldn't swap what we have for, for them, for sure. And a lot of it comes down to Clark, and a lot of it comes down to the coaching and the club culture, like you say. But, like, I feel like what we'll miss when Jürgen does go is the ability to bring people in who are um, brilliant people, good to great players, and make them just this, like, indispensable parts of these incredible mm. units that just keep churning out results and churning out trophies and I think like you know not to bring a downer on it at all I think that's my that's my fear when Jürgen leaves is to make regular humans superheroes might go away but you know that's another discussion for another time mm. Paul I'll ask you the same question um your abiding memory what you think it'll be of today um and the standout moment I mean absolutely Jules is right to cite that we it would be tragic is the wrong word to use we shouldn't use the word tragic but but it would be a real shame if this is the first and last trophy of the season you know it's got to be about the league title this season I I hope I really 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 hope but for me today will be about sort of what I said earlier it's Pete Klopp this is this is Pete Klopp this was about all the chips are down it's adversity everything's against us he's got no one available and not only does he find a way to win, he finds a way to win well. You know, I think to win with our heads up, the right way, attacking football, good quality football, to just deal with what's bravery. in front of us. Mm. We're just so so brave, and I think, I think that's the that's the biggest thing. You know, for all you know, we listed all the Klopp's attributes before, but I think maybe his greatest attribute is his bravery, his conviction, his absolute belief in people. Because that that is what it is really. It's it's a belief in his players, in his coaches, um, and in you know in the relationships that he has with everybody around him. So it, yeah, it's about Pete Klopp. In terms of the moment, best moment from today. I mean, yeah, Virgil's goal will take some beating, but there was something about seeing him do the Bob Paisley with Virgil and, and lift the trophy together at the end. I thought that was really mm. special. I thought that really Did that was surprise the... you. It, uh, surprise, no, but I did think, and I, I, you know, maybe I, I, I was thinking this and didn't say it earlier when I was talking about Virgil. You know, I thought Virgil would be quite entitled to lift his first trophy himself um, and, and, and not not share it. But I, I thought it was it, it was it looked to me as though Virgil suggested it actually in the conversation yeah, beforehand. So. And I think you know that just for me really was the perfect way to end you know an amazing an amazing day for the club. Um, for Jürgen to go up there and to, to lift it with him. And, you know, just the joy and the, the excitement on the faces. And and then, you know, you get all the good stuff that we'll enjoy for the rest of the week. We've start, started to trickle through now the articles and the, the shots inside the dressing room and all that. Love but all really, 
Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I've got to them in work tomorrow. I'd love to spend a whole day just uh, luxuriating and all of that. But yeah, the moment I think is that it's that joint lift of the trophy. Just, just fantastic on a on what a day for me, which is Pete Klopp about his his bravery and to throw those players in and to and to play that football no matter what he was facing. Incredible, incredible mm-hmm. man. And yeah, uh, the greatest for me is our greatest manager in my opinion. Agree. Did you see? Um, Harvey and Mo are like in front of the fans and Mo wouldn't yeah. take the cup off him. Yeah, Mo was like, no, no, it's your moment. You brilliant. take it. I thought that was class. Harvey's yeah. like, yeah, you have it. And he just, Mo was not interested. He was like, nope. Just letting the players who, who, you know, who played today, just letting them have their moment. thought that was a nice classy yeah. touch from Mo. A nice little young kid. He's got a medal as well. He's not played, has he? Sorry, Chris. No, it's okay, man. Go ahead. I mean, he, he hasn't really, has he? Like, um, is he, is we didn't mention Cody Gakpo today. I thought he led the line pretty well. Like, he, you know, to to quote Dave on the, the Darwin finishes, he was a bit too precise with that header that against was the foot of the post. Yeah, it was unlucky. It was, because yeah, it was kind of behind him. Well, he had to back yeah. away to... But, like, I think that's the one player that we haven't mentioned today, but we should, because he led the line well and, um, you know... Yeah, I was disappointed in him to be honest. Really? Yeah, didn't didn't think he you did too much. You weren't talking of his mistakes though, were you? No, no. Because twenty twenty-two minutes, after. by the way, twenty-two minutes that was, Dave. So okay, so we're going back through the chat. Are we? We're out the tree of trust completely because I can quite easily pull up something that you said, Paul. If, if you no, want. I'm not. I, I told you before. <laughs> I was having a go at him as well. I laid out <laughs> my evidence. You just asked me to audio. check, and I'm told you what the time was. No, no, we we've all it's fallen out of the tree of trust, so that's fine. Or it will like. Let's see, 37 minutes in, I'm starting to actively dislike Diaz. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like CM Punk here. I just this, pipe this, this I followed Brownie. <laughs> no, nah, actually, I'm not going to throw Brownie under the bus. because he, Throw John under the bus. John was saying the same. John no, did a vomit emoji yeah, just and before then, you did yours. And then you uh, you called him a big tart. Diaz, I mean, not, not John. No, you're the big tart. No, you called Diaz. I think Dave is definitely the big tart here. This is the only time in the. This is the only time in the 25 years that I've known Dave that I had to give him a pep talk before the game, rather than like. It's mad. So once in 25 years makes me a tart then. When all, for the yes. rest of the 25 years, I've been the, the exact opposite, but I'm not allowed like one little slip. And even then, I came back now before kick-off and I said together, I'm back on board. That, that's fair, you did, yeah. yeah. You did. I, I had yeah. a couple, <laughs> a couple of ropey hours. Like, yeah, okay, fair enough. Like, I, do, I love you too much to give you like a hard time over that. So, you're, you're right, you're right, you're right. That's because um, your boy Darwin wasn't playing. What do you expect? I know, I know. <laughs> I know. It's so bad. Like, your attachment to him, I just worry. I worry for you. I really yeah. do. And All right, what else I, we got I to add, boys? Yeah. I think we... I Jules. Know, was there anything more to say today? I don't know. My work here is done by throwing Dave on the bus, so I'm quite satisfied. I know, that was some shocking no. backstabbing shit there. <laughs> do we want to do Wednesday? No, let's not... Let's, let's do Wednesday on Wednesday. Like, this episode should stand yeah. alone. We can't really preview and Wednesday because we don't know yeah. who's even going to be available. Like, yeah. half them left Are we going to have... be alive? They're all in yeah. walking boots and crutches, aren't they? Yeah. It'd be like a uh, clop on the left, Linda's on the right. <laughs> <laughs> Tafferel <But>, up front. <laughs> yeah. And Ad- let's not forget Adrian as well, the lucky charm in these finals on the bench. He's the, got like the new fucking... Peggy off Exad. Yeah. 
Donald hates us. Damn it all in on Adrian at the end. He's got some two footed challenge on Adrian at the end from Dan, yeah. Let's have Dan on Wednesday then, and he can explain his uh, his Adrian take. But overall, like, what a day, lads! Like, what a day! Yeah, a brilliant. It's it's the it's the fourth most important of the trophies that we're chasing this season. But I'm not sure we'll have one that's unless we take the league that's more satisfying, more pleasurable, more indicative of what we are about as a football club and a culture and a manager and a playing staff and a coaching staff and a fan base of what we just saw like that was one of the all-time great Liverpool finals and that's saying yeah a lot right like if you if you're going to go that far you have to be able to back it up and finishing the game with five teenagers on the field a couple of players who would get into our first 11 against a team that has spent literal billions in an effort to bypass all of that work, all of that culture, all of that like meaningfulness of what you'd associate with a proper football club. It just feels really, really frigging good. And unless you guys have anything to add, I'm going to end it right there. Imagine being us. Imagine Imagine being being us. us. That's right. (laughs) Nice one, Dave. Nice one, Jules. Nice one, Paul. Um, We'll be back after the game on Wednesday. But until then, from the 10 times League Cup winning Mighty Reds, we'll see you soon. That's right. Well, the best word I can say but uh, will describe this was boom. <laughs> 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 Ooh, what was this? It was really good.